This podcast replay is brought to you by HialeahParkCasino.com. From the loosest slots in the state to one of the most comfortable poker rooms in South Florida. Enjoy their smoke-free casino at HialeahParkCasino.com. All righty, here we are, rolling, 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 rolling. Hope you all are doing well out there. Oh, yeah, we got to uh, kind of, yeah, it's, uh, it's a little, we're a little high, we're a little too low. We got to get higher like Bitcoin, bro. You know what I'm saying? You know, you got, you got to, you got to get up a higher like, uh, like Neutron. You got to get us up higher like, hey, Thaler, how you guys doing out there, huh? Remember the Sailor guy? He was right at four cents. You know, it's at 10 cents right now, right? <laughs> oh, love it. Altcoin season. How? It's not just crypto. It's not just Bitcoin, but altcoin season. Making money. All right. We got a lot of things to talk about today on the show. We are at the beautiful Hialeah Park. By the way, NorCal is going to come on down with the clan out here. On the 22nd, uh, a big old group of Dolphin fans going to come on down to Hialeah Park and have some fun. So uh, looking forward to that so they can eat, they can gamble, they can smoke. By the way, NorCal, you know, just, uh, you know, bring the, uh, bring the vape and enjoy yourself. That's all I can tell you. Okay? You're vaping, 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 and I'm rolling, rolling, rolling. And I do the rolling, rolling because... Uh, I got one of those knee scooters. The irony. <laughs> problem was, I have developed that I did not know a meniscus problem in my knee that I need to use the scooter for. So remember I told you when I was scooting around on the knee, it was pain. I have a meniscus issue. I went to a, a knee doctor today in the morning, and so now I've got a meniscus issue he says 85% chance that I won't need surgery. Says with some therapy and everything, it'll be all right or something. I don't know. I, I think I'm going to end up needing surgery when it's all said and done. Why? Because I want to start exercising again. So they're going to have to clean that up eventually. It's just something. But we'll see. We'll see. Although he, he I got to say, nice guy and everything. Didn't start off well to, with me today. Uh, he, he didn't kick it off uh, very well for me. He goes to me, well, I can feel some, some uh, uh, what's it called? Um, swelling, uh, some what? Fluid, fluid. I can feel some fluid. So before he shot my knee today, which it feels great because I'm not feeling it because they shot me with some steroids, which is a beautiful thing. Uh, so my knee's like kosher today. Like it's pretty cool. I can actually hang out and it, it doesn't affect me nearly as much. And you can tell, right? I have a, I'm not really, I mean, there's not a part of me that's compartmentalizing pain in the back of my head while I'm talking to you, you know? That's not happening today. It's been happening for like a week almost. So he goes, no, I feel some fluid. So, you know, what I can do is first go for the fluid, then hit you with the steroid, and then you're good. Or we could just go with the steroid. And I'm like, you know, I'm thinking, and he go, I go, you, you sure you're going to get some fluid? And he goes, eh, I think I can. Stuck me with that big ass bitch. He tried to suck whatever he can. He went right across my knee because I felt that shit going. Yeah, <laughs> you feel it going across your knee like he's in search of, you know? It's like, da, 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 da. It's like that, that in search of, right? Wasn't it Leonard Nimoy in search of? 
something like that, a show years ago. I, you know, these are things that just, they're living in my head, and I have no idea how they pop up. But I want to say there was a, a show called In Search Of with Leonard Nimoy from Spock, you know, Spock from uh, Star Trek. And he had his own show, and it was kind of one of those things. Anyway, so, yeah, he's exploring. And then he pulls it out, and, and then he hits me with the steroid, which is great. And then he says, no, sorry, I didn't get any fluid. And I'm like, what? I go, bro, you, you made me go through this, and you got no fluid? Come on, bro, you got a score. You know, it's, 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 it's really all about um, the, fin, the, 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 the Finchmeister, right? What is it? Is it Finchmeister from uh, American Pie, or what is it? Bro, uh, Finch, right? It's Finch, right? Finch is the dude that the party guy, it's, uh, right? Whatever, well, it's... the right. Oh, yeah, no, Finch is the one that bangs the mom, exactly. So then, I'm talking about the other guy. What's uh, Stettler, Settler, Fettler, Settler, whatever, the, 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 the clown. Well, you remember in the scene of American Wedding, when he's screaming to that lady... Stifler, exactly. When he's screaming at that lady, lady, you don't score until, no, you don't win until we score. So they went and finished the flowers and they got the wedding done. This guy, he didn't score. You can't tell me I'm going to get some fluid. And then you go in there and you're dry. No crypto advice for him. Okay? None. He doesn't get to make money. Done. Damn it. Anyway, so now I'm good. So it looks like I'm going to have to go through, you know, the, the other five weeks of this crap where I can't put any weight on the foot, go through all my, um, you know, rehab of this crap, and then I can then look into the knee. And then hopefully we'll see what happens. So that's been my day so far. You know, and then I got home and I got to prepare for the show. And now, you know, Anthony Weaver was introduced last night. The Heat had a terrific performance. The Panthers continue to prove they are the, the, the bomb of the town, bro. You know what I'm saying? It was, uh, it was a good night. It was a fun night last night. I know uh, Canes uh, couldn't get it done, 77-60 to Clemson. But, I, I, you know, this is not their year, it looks like it. It's just kind of been kind of rough one, you know, overall for them. But anyway... So we got a lot of things to uh, talk about, talk a little bit about Anthony Weaver. Obviously, we're going to address what happened in Kansas City. And, you know, first of all, let me tell you something. Uh, yesterday was another heartbreaking moment in our country. And we, our laws are terrible. Uh, we don't put people through uh, the, the kind of background checks you need. We don't have the laws that scare people into not doing crimes, period. You got to understand that this is kind of a, a, a foundational thing that you have to do in our criminal system, okay? And we don't do it. And that's why cops also, I, you know, there's a part of me that where I have to defend all of our police officers to a certain extent because they work so hard to try to put a person behind bars and yet every rule is set to set, get them free. And they get way too many breaks. So it's not about just uh, this incident. You have to send a message about guns overall. 
And I've said this over and over and over again. I'm 57 years old. I have lived most of my life, okay? Let's be frank right now. I don't even think I got a back nine left, right? Because I don't have another 57, right? I don't have a back nine. I have a back four left probably, okay, if I'm lucky. All right, so, but you ever had the hankering to go hold up a, a, a store or rob a house or uh, take a car from somebody? Or That's my point. And so our problem is, okay, I've owned guns all my life. All my life. No thoughts of doing crimes with them. None. None. I know what it's for. Somebody breaks into my house. Somebody comes to my house. I'm shooting you. That's it. That's what I'm doing. I'm shooting you. Several times, by the way. I'm not doing what they do in the, in the, in the, in the movies, where they hit you once and, oh, let's hug each other. No, 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 no. I'm pumping eight into your ass, and then I'm going to hug everybody else. I'm going to make sure you're dead, by the way, if you're in my house. I just want you to know that. Yes? I watched you shoot a Top Gun. Oh, wait. It, it would, okay, it would my, take all eight of them. Wait, okay, wait a minute. My wife will shoot you dead. There you go. All right, that's better. Okay, now you got it? Okay. My wife will paint an arrow on your ass. Okay. She shot an arrow. It's a, I don't know how she did that. Anyway, so point is, no, in all seriousness, this is what I've said before. Do, do you carry a stolen weapon ever? I don't. You do? No, right? I mean, there's no need for that, right? Common sense, normal human beings, that's what we're supposed to be. Okay, if you can't be that, then you can't be a part of society. So it's simple. I've said this for many years now. You, you get caught with an illegal gun, 15 years in jail. No questions asked. None. You commit a crime with a gun. Nobody has to die. And you, you, you use an armed gun in that process, 25 years. No questions asked. There's no parole. There's no breaks. There's no nothing. It starts foundationally. You got to have background checks, thorough background checks. And people that are arrested for domestic violence or they're arrested, you, you get your gun rights taken away. No questions asked. It's over. You, a, a criminal has zero tolerance. Why should you have any? Your laws have to be scarier than the criminal's. It's pretty simple. Is it going to stop everything? No. But trust me, as time goes on, and when they see there's no leniency, that's the problem. They know they're going to be out on the street over and over and over and over and over again. So you've got to make the punishments where, in this case, where we had a lady die, end of story for all three. No questions asked. Once it's been proven, that's it. You get one appeal, and it comes right away, and if it's over and done, no questions asked. The problem is we tolerate criminals in our country. That's the problem. And you're too worried about trying to fix people. And I'm not worried about fixing people anymore. You know? You got... It, it, there's a right and a wrong. If you can't figure that out, I can't help you. And I certainly don't want you to be part of our society. So you've got to make our gun laws incredibly scary. 
You can, you can own a gun? You have the right to bear arms. You do not have the right at all to create any kind of crimes. And if you caught dealing any kind of stolen weapons or anything like that, brother, there has to be no mercy on that. It has to be like a hot potato. Like, no, dude, I'm not touching that. That's what it has to be. But we don't make it a hot potato. You're not going to stop everything, but trust me, you're going you're gonna to stop some. That's why they're trying to get away. You have a couple of maniacs that are going to go all the way to the end and they're kamikaze or whatever. It is what it is. But in general, a lot of them want to, they, they think they can actually get away with this. As you saw some of them trying to get away. But it, this is a generalization of gun crime. Okay, those of us that live in a normal life, we don't care about those laws. I don't give a shit about it. I, I've lived my life. I know how I live. <laughs> it has nothing to do with, like, crime and guns. It has to do with sports, music, my family, obviously, my dogs, crypto, my buddy here, Sean Stanley. You know, that's what I worry about. You know, this business, you know, that, that, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm all about. And you guys have your own world, too, out there. And guess what? It, it has nothing to do with carjacking. Right? You see all those kids that are vandalizing. You, you need to pay a price. That's what it is. I was 15, 16. I was 18. I wasn't jumping on people's cars in Miami Beach. I might have been getting... A little, a little high, a little drunk, having some fun, getting laid. That's about it. That's kind of what I was doing. I didn't have crimes involved with me. I, I, that wasn't like the idea that I wanted to go hurt another human being. So if you wake up in the morning and hurting another human being is on your agenda, then you don't deserve the light of day. That's all. It's pretty simple, dude. I don't think it's really that difficult to, to ask anybody to live like a decent human being. You know, and none of those three losers have any right to be in our society. But until you start really dealing with these people, and, and, and the fuse must be extremely short, that's the only way the criminal knows they have no edge. But when they know they can buy their way out and they constantly can do stuff and get out and, and use this fake program or that fake program to lie about this or lie about that and say that you're straight and all that, we have too much tolerance. That's our problem. When it comes to criminals, we should tolerate each other, caring for each other, whatever, you know, uh, believing in certain things and building things and our rights and those kind of things. We can all, all those kind of things. But when it comes to hurting someone, we all have to be on the same page here. Every single one of us. So we can't have shooters just because they want to kill Kansas City fans or they want to kill gay people at a nightclub or they want to shoot up black people at a supermarket or whatever sick, biased dirty agenda that's involved and these kind of things have to be dealt with and dealt with severely if you don't then this is what happens what happens to your kid no criminal whatsoever 
What happens to your kid if you let him not clean his room? And it leads to something else, right? He's hiding a steak somewhere that he didn't eat and some toy. And then this, all stupid shit the kids do, right? Because you can't give your kid an inch because then he'll take a mile, right? And he'll do all kinds of stuff around your house and destroy your house, right? As they're growing up and you got to like create laws for them so they can live normal. It's the same kind of structure. It's just a different phase of life and a different type of person that you're trying to you know, and these are people that, why, why do I want to waste my time reaching these people, rehabbing these people? You want any risk of putting those three guys back out into society at all? At all? No, not at all. Right? I, I'm, I'm 57. I, I, I've never even, even thought of doing something like that. I can't even, I, I can't even think about it. So I don't know where we're at, but I know this, we don't care. We don't care. That's for sure, because Sandy Hook and, and, and uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, and you know, it just goes on and on and on, and we don't care. And, and there's a reason why, because we never get it. I mean, look at them now. They, th those people can't get anything done in the house. <laughs> they can't even agree amongst each other. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's just, it's a disaster. It's an absolute disaster. They don't care. They don't care how many kids die. Eight kids were shot out of the 22. Lost a young, uh, a young woman who's a DJ. Um, what? Oh, it was more than eight? Are you serious? It was more than eight? I thought it was, I thought I read eight out of the 22 were kids. Wow, that's, it just gets even more depressing. So, I, uh, Matt Verderam's going to join us in about 10 minutes. And uh, I, I tweeted this out yesterday. The NFL can end this right away for them. We can't end all the other mass shootings, right? But for them, this is what you do. You celebrate all your championships in your own home stadiums. Season ticket holders get the ticket first to get in. The rest of the tickets that are left, you sell them to the public, right? IDs required, all of that required. And you sell it like, you know, for three, four, five dollars. The proceeds go to a charity, okay? Maybe you can use a charity that helps people that have been involved in these kind of things. Uh, and then you control the environment, everyone's search that's inside the stadium. Now, does everybody get to see the parade? No. But if society can't behave, then you've got to do your best to protect human beings. And so you can't just say, oh, no, we must live our lives and put people at risk because that's not responsible either. Because if you can't control the environment. So if I'm the NFL, from now on, I'm saying all championship uh, celebrations will be done at all NFL stadiums. We will control who comes in, who goes out, the ingress, egress. And so sorry for the fans that can't make it inside. We will televise it. We will make sure it's on NFL Network so everyone can see it. Local TV channels will open it up for them. We'll give them the, we'll give them the freedom to film it also locally so local fans can take advantage of it. And that's the way life goes, right? After 9-11, we completely travel a different way, correct? We just can't travel how we used to travel, right? Because... 
Idiots forget gun. I've never forgotten a gun in my bag. Like, how, how does that even happen? You know what I'm saying? So if people are stupid enough to take a gun all the way up to, you know, to the uh, FAA, whatever, what's it, what's it called? The Whatever the hell that TSA. is. TSA. TSA. Right? Then, you know, people are stupid, man. So if I'm the NFL, all celebrations inside our home stadium, controlled environment, controlled everything. What do you think about that? I like that idea. And then what I was talking about with Matt uh, retweeted KCTV 5 News, an update, Children's Mercy confirms it is treating 12 patients from the rally, 11 are children, 9 have gunshot wounds. I mean, that's just, you shot a child? I mean, what kind of, what kind of a piece of shit are you, dude? Really? What kind of a piece of shit are you that you would shoot a child? Uh, I'm telling you, all three. This is where it stops. This is what you have to do. You must be ruthless with criminals. We are not ruthless with criminals. We think we can rehab them all and all that kind of stupid shit. Rehab the guy that stole the Mounds bar. I love Mounds. I know most of you don't. But I had to use it in there. So it's the only time I can sneak in a Mounds bar without somebody going, Ew. it's not worth stealing. <laughs> Yes. No, I'm saying this is those times where it's like, look, if you kill somebody, I personally believe you should die. You should die. Yeah, exactly. At that point, I mean, it's just this is just getting out of hand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, True Finn fan. Happy 46th birthday to me. No place I'd rather be than here listening to my favorite guys. Thank you, True Finn fan. Happy birthday to you, sir. Stetton, Stetson O is in. Jay Gelfin in. Looking for looking the nickname Dunkyard Dog for Robinson. His story just continues to grow. And I got something about Robinson that's that's interesting. That we've we've talked about his improvement and what he did last year, which was just absolutely phenomenal. And he's continued to do it again. Um, I remember when I compared him to Bill Bradley from the New York Knicks Championship. He's developed. Yes, now now he's looking a lot more. You know, except Bradley probably could not shoot the three like this guy. But uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Now, now we're, because we're talking about a complete basketball player now. That's what we're talking about. Think Blue Dodgers is in. Uh, J-Town, Captain Saki. He is in Tarpon Springs, Florida. Thank you, Captain. I appreciate you, my brother. Cosa Nostra is in. Uh, so much for Major League champ. Oh, yeah, no, forget about Major Leagues. Uh, the Marlins don't mean anything in this town. They don't do anything to try to win, bro. They're, uh, they're too poor to compete, unfortunately. They want to they wanna do it all the cheap way. Uh, Big O, it's great when the Heat beat the overrated Sixers. Yes, it is, Ray. Brooklyn Rob is in the house. The more I watch the Panthers, the more I see a championship-caliber team. Dude, road record. Road record. It matches the home record. These guys are the same team at home and the same team on the road, dominant. You couldn't be more right, Brooklyn Rob. That's exactly, Paul Maurice really was like, you know, after you added the GM. <laughs> Zito's a badass, bro. He's a, he's a badass, and he's intense with those eyes. Um, and then you added Paul Maurice, 
it feels like you got what you needed. You got the personnel guy. You know you had the owners already. You've had the owners for 10 years now. One of the best owners in, in town. No doubt about that. And then now you added Maurice, who completely changed the style. Where, you know, we used to call him, we used to call him, uh, um, what's it called? Meow, meow, meow. It was the uh, Perina Catchow. That was their theme song. Meow, meow, meow. Meow, 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 meow. That was actually the Panthers theme song on our show two years ago. Because I talked about how what kind of wussies they are constantly. That they're getting trashed, Trocheck. Everybody would take a shot at Trocheck. Trocheck was like the woman in airplane. Everybody's in line, she's panicking, and they're slapping her, and the next guy's got a bat, the other guy's got a gun, the other guy's got this, you know. So it, it, it just kind of felt that way. Everybody was just taking a, oh, we're in town, let's, uh, let's uh, put Trocheck into the wall. These wussies aren't going to do anything. Barkov's just going to go, yada, yo. <laughs> Huberto's going to go, uh -huh, uh -huh, I live in a tree. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And so then they went and got Zito, and then Zito changed everything, bringing in the bearded wonder to everything else that uh, was intimidating. And the hockey has completely changed. They will punch you in the mouth. They will rock you. They will ram you into the wall, and they can score, and they can defend now. It is a complete team, Brooklyn Rob. That's why you're watching what could be a championship caliber team. Because they have, they now have all the characteristics that they were lacking a couple of years ago. They only had offense. They didn't even have a consistent goaltending, and they certainly had zero toughness. Okay? Once you, you brought in Raddick and, and, and all these other guys, it just changed the attitude and everything started to change. It's a different team now. Gus Gus 1388 is in. Alexis, Daniel Guzman, uh, Skylar Tipton. Uh, how is it we seem better without Jimmy? Well, because you're playing like NBA basketball. So now what you have to do, Skylar, what not me, what Spo has to do now, the way the Miami Heat have played the last couple games here, it you know, you guys hear me all the time, right? The Heat are a two-point team in a three-point world, right? That's my saying for this team, constantly. Okay, have you seen a two-point team the last two nights? Okay. So we got to get back to this right here. So you've got to find a way where Jimmy acclimates to this. And he can because he can defend, he can facilitate, and he can play garbage basketball off these guys. Knowing that they're going to shoot, be there for the rebound, be there for the putback, use your vice grip hands to put that bitch back because you're one of the best in the NBA inside the paint. You're one of the toughest, and you've got, I think, three of, the, three of the best pair of hands inside the paint. Once that dude clamps on the ball, it's over, dude. He drives through everything. It is impressive. So Jimmy Butler will have to become a player that plays off of these guys and feeds them. Kind of a garbage player in a way. Now, he has been shooting better threes, but I still don't want to necessarily, you know, there's a lot of other guys I'd rather shooting threes. You know what I mean? Jimmy once in a while, okay, but volume? No, no, no. We, we don't need volume shooting Jimmy. That's not productive. And he knows that. 
He knows that. He doesn't go crazy and starts taking eight threes and stuff. That's not his thing. So this will be interesting if you can continue these, these characteristics because this is today's NBA, and then Rozier can run with these guys. It should be not a problem, and, and, uh, and it shouldn't be a problem also for Josh Richardson to play off of them because he's not necessarily known as an offensive you know, big-time weapon. But Jimmy's going to have to kind of play within that. And then maybe you have your, your, you know, because you've got your intimidator, your guy that really brings, you know, the, the defensive sauce to it. Uh, let's see. Brian Landis is in. Lisa Rose is in. Uh, geesh, oh, hate that you are falling apart physically. LOL, I'm 10 years younger than you and started it, and it's starting to happen to me. Sucks getting older. Yeah, you know, what are you going to do, man? It is what it is. But it's all repairable. You know what I mean? It's just now I got to go through hell, you know, for the time being. And then we'll figure it out after. Uh, I'm, I'm just glad they got the knee pain out, man. Knee pain was killing me, dude. Killing me. Eddie Lepp is in. Dude 67. Josh, Les Jam, Rosendo. Greet your problems and decisions with peace and calm. Use your inner wisdom to evaluate and make smart decisions for yourself. That's what we normal. That's what us normal people try to do, Rosendo. It's just too many people that uh, aren't normal. Uh, Dave is in, wishing uh, True Fin Fan a happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday to you, True Fin Fan. Thank you, sir, for spending it with us, and appreciate your support. Enjoy your birthday. NorCal says, I just got the sticky Ricky three-pack bout to Puff Puff give. It's a lot. Luis Benito, Dan B. Big O, you're absolutely correct. In today's day and age, what you have suggested needs to happen. But it won't. Uh, what's up, everyone? Says John Padilla. Juan Rosa. Oh, I had meniscus tear a year ago. I had a PRP injection done to my knee. I run better than I walk. Look into it. Won't regret it. It's painless. PRP injection. All right. I wrote it down, doggy. Thank you. Appreciate you looking out, man. That's that's super cool. Um, Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Juan Rosa. Fins TD 23. Big O, this is unacceptable. They should make you pay to go in the stadium, even though it may sound stupid, but it will stop the bad people from coming. No, 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 no. You didn't understand me. No, 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 no. Season ticket holders are already known. You already have their IDs. You have their home addresses. You know them. They all get the first dibs on the, on the, on the celebration in the stadium. So now you've eliminated. What are you going to You think most season ticket holders are going to go, right? Yeah. So if most are going to go, you've eliminated about 60, 70% of the stadium. Right now, you the thirty you sell, but you sell you know IDs and all that. So the ID has to match the ticket. So when they come to the gate, they get searched, and you know you got to give some people, regular people, an opportunity. But they're all going to get searched. They're not going to be able to walk in with guns, dude. So you're safe. You know what I'm saying? So that's the way you do it. That you need proper ID. This isn't like a a ticket you scalp. Right? No, 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 no. It can be controlled. It can all be controlled, dude. You know what I'm saying? So that, that if you're smart, it's just like a regular game. The tickets are sold to the season ticket holders, and then you have your single game tickets. 
End of story. So they'll sell it to their to their season ticket. I mean, they'll give their the ticket to a season ticket holders, and then they'll bring their sponsors and all that, and then they'll have the open tickets for people, and that's it. And the rest is shown on television. All local channels get the get the opportunity because the NFL Network is not everywhere. And then that way, everyone can be a part of it one way or another. Lewis doesn't like mounds. I don't blame you, dude. Most people don't. I'm a, I'm a weirdo. I know that. But, I, you know, I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong or I'm odd or weird or whatever. I don't know. People just don't have a, a – a, they, they have a problem with that. I understand. I'm a weirdo. I like mounds. What can I tell you? It's total weird. Um, oh, we are Neutron Dancing, Love Pendle, and IMX. Also, Bitcoin and ETH go up. I'm green. Enjoying it. Thanks, Oh, Of course, bro. You're welcome, bro. You're welcome. Lots of you are making a lot of money. <laughs> We're doing really, really good, bro. I mean, uh, Kryptonite went up 30% today, you know? So it's, uh, it's one of those that we told you, take advantage of the dip, and you're going to make yourself some money. All right, let's do it. He's ready to go. The man, the myth, the legend, Matt Verderam. And sadly, Matt Verderam was there yesterday. It was a happy moment, but unfortunately, it did not turn out well. Let's uh, bring him aboard. Matt Verderam, of course, from Sports Illustrated. He was there with his father at the parade yesterday. That's why he wasn't on the show yesterday. Uh, how you doing, my brother? How you hanging in there? I'm fine. I'm fine. Thanks. Uh, yeah, that was... Uh... That was interesting and then tragic. Um, and I think what's more tragic, quite honestly, uh, is the reaction to it. Right. The reaction to it, which is the reaction to every single shooting in this country. Big which deal. Is the same bullshit cycle yep. that we go through all the time. Yep. And uh, it's tragic that someone lost their life. It's tragic that over a half dozen kids were shot. And, and uh, thankfully, they'll, they appear that they'll survive. But yeah, um, we were a little up the parade route. Uh, we were having lunch actually when it happened. I I think, and I'm not I, look, I'm not from Kansas City. I'm not that familiar with the layout, but I think we were about four to six blocks away. Um, so we didn't even hear it. We saw a lot of the first responders going down there. To be honest with you, I didn't think much of it. I just thought parade's over. You know, right. they're going down there to kind of maybe there's a dispute, whatever. Uh, we we didn't even know that something had happened until we got back in our car. And I looked at my phone, and all of a sudden, all these people were texting me. But yeah, uh, awful, awful situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm one of those that was texting you. It's like, yeah, oh. you were. Yes, like, and thank Yo. you. I appreciate it. Yeah, you, you were. You were. My wife was. My mother was. People that were at the parade were. Uh, yeah, a lot of people. A lot yeah. of people. I uh, I tweeted out. I said the NFL can end this. Hold all celebrations inside your home stadium. Yep. Uh, tickets, free tickets to your season ticket holders. You already have their IDs, everything. So everything goes in. They can't, they can't circumvent the tickets to anybody. It must be them and their IDs at the door. And then the rest that's left in single game tickets, after you've given you know, your sponsors an opportunity to come to it, then you sell those, just minimal price, 3 4 $5, and it goes to a charity. But at the same time, everybody that buys a ticket has to have an ID, and, ha- and there is no transfer, no nothing, and you will go in with that ticket, and then everybody is searched, and you have a, a, a controlled environment. There will be no weapons. Everybody will be safe. You can even have security all the way out to the parking grounds where you can't even come in unless you have a ticket. And so, right. boom, uh, you control the environment. You open up the television coverage to all local stations since NFL Network is not there. 
You do the charitable thing, the right thing. Let the net, local networks do their pre-coverage and post-coverage and all that crap and all that. That way, everybody revels in it. Everybody takes advantage. They're either at the stadium or they're witnessing it in their television phone somewhere. But right. at least everybody is safe. Look, dude, I, I know we're going to get the people. Oh, I don't want to change the way I live. Well, we change the way we fly. Okay. So, you know, the bottom line well, is we can't look, keep people safe here, in these things. Here, here's my thing with that. And I'm not going to turn your show into my platform. But here's my thing with this. Well, go for it, look, bro. Look, here's, here, here's my problem. All those same people who sit there and say, we can't change the way we live, can't change the way we live. Well, then change the circumstances by which we live by. Exactly. Or shut up about it. Like, that's my opinion. You're so hard up about can't change. You know, nobody's taking my freedom. Well, then you know what? Your freedom's going to get impacted in another way. Right. That's reality. And look, I'm not anti-2A. I'm not, I grew up in a household that owned guns. I, I, I own a gun. I have no I, problem I, listen, with guns. I, listen, I have no problem with you owning a gun to protect yourself, your family. You're a hunter. You want to go. Gu- hey, go with God, man. I'm not sitting there being that guy. I'm not saying everybody should have to hand in their gun. There is no reason on God's green earth you need an assault rifle. You need a weapon of war. You don't need an AR-15 to protect your family. And, and by the way, I already know somebody out there is going to be like, an AR-15 is not an assault rifle. They Listen, bro, it's a weapon of war, okay? That's what it's designed for. It's not designed so Johnny can go shoot on the range at eight years old. And you don't need... Let's go kill your, a special pig. Yeah, I mean, what, yeah, what world, like what planet do you live in? How many enemies do you have that you need? What, what like 30 people showing up at your house at 4 a.m.? Come on, man. Like, you're fine with a Glock. You're fine with a single action rifle. Like, there's, there's no need for it. And the shame of it is, it's not just Kansas City. There was a shooting in Florida yesterday. Yeah. There, was, there were three separate shootings that involved multiple people. And I'm to the point of it, like, look, I, am, I think I'm, I'm fairly good to speak on this because I'm not a liberal and I'm not a conservative. I think both sides of it are completely nuts, frankly. Exactly. Like, I, I, I am right down the middle. I have conservative views and I have liberal views. And I got to tell you, this too. the next person that comes up to me and says, it's not a gun issue. Yeah. What is the only common denominator with a mass shooting? Gun. It's a freaking gun. And yeah. it's almost always an AR-15. Yeah. So but, get, how about how about we try to get rid of AR-15s? But but you know, and let then me, see what happens. Let me let me tell you what I talked about it before you came on. I, I called it more of a foundational problem. And what I mean by that is you need to create guns as a hot potato. In other words, so you got caught DUI. You might have a little bit of a rap sheet or not or whatever, but you're carrying a stolen weapon. 15 years in jail. End of story. No questions asked. Done. I'm 57. How old are you? 35. How many times have you carried around a stolen weapon? Zero. Exactly. Do you have any desire to carry a stolen weapon? I don't, know. Do you have any desire to carjack somebody? I don't, know. Okay, so that's my point. So we have to send the message where you commit a crime with a gun, nobody shot, you get 15 years. You commit a crime and somebody just shot, you get 25, 30 automatically. Somebody dies, you go to the chair too, buddy, right away. You 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 get your one appeal and no eight appeals. No, 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 no. One appeal and it's over. You were found guilty like these three scumbags yesterday that we had this girl die. All three need to go. Okay? And that's, you need to start sending a message that there is zero tolerance, no matter what gun it is. 
Yeah. And then I, I, that way it starts to really resonate because the rest of us that are normal human beings, that we have our guns at home to protect our family or some, sure. I'm not a hunter, but there are, I have friends that hunt. That's fine, yeah. dude. That's all legal. That's yeah. normal human stuff that's been going on forever. What's not yeah. normal is carjacking and rape and, and mass shootings and, you know, bro. And that's where we have, we have too much tolerance for criminals, period. Dude. We also have this weird thing about that we're Americans and therefore every single freedom that is possible needs right. to be ours. And I am never going to be the guy who's like, I don't want freedom. Of course, everybody wants as much freedom as they can. Guess what? I don't have freedom to go 150 miles an hour on the freeway. No. I don't have that freedom. You know why? Because I'm dangerous as hell from going 150 miles an hour. So, so stay fly. away from you in Germany. Correct. I wouldn't get near me on the Autobahn. Okay. Or when I fly, I take off my shoes and I take off my belt and I go through a screening. You know why? Because 9-11 happened. That's why. Right. And guess what? I'm fine with that because I'd rather not have my plane hijacked while I'm on the way out there. And I know that the chances are minuscule inside a minuscule. But guess what? I'm still good with going through there because in the off chance that something's going down, I'd rather that guy gets caught. Okay. I'll live with taking my freaking Nikes off for 30 seconds and putting them back. And if you're a responsible law abiding gun owner, you're fine with all this stuff too. Yes. You don't have a problem getting a license. You don't have a problem going through the like waiting idea. seven days, ten days, yeah. fingerprints, like, what whatever. Are you worried about? Oh, what are you worried about? Well, I mean, I mean and, and to your point, by the way, the foundational gun laws, and I'll, I'll leave it at this. These people also that sell these these firearms, who are you know out of a store, I like got a brick and mortar. If you are found to do so illegally, you oh. didn't check for you should go to jail life. For ten years. Life. Get out. No, 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 no. Gone. Life. I'd put like, them because they are they are the conduits to murder. A hundred percent. So no. You get caught doing that. You import a gun from another country that's illegal, jail. Life. Period. Get out. Like I to me, you want to stop this stuff, that's how you stop foundational. it. You, it's you know, foundational. You bury somebody for breaking a law that involves firearms. And then it'll stop. But until that happens, it won't stop. And what happened yesterday was unfortunate because it was a really nice day. It was 60. It was sunny. It was beautiful in Kansas City. And that parade will forever correctly be remembered for some asshole who decided to get into a a dispute. And then it turned into multiple assholes just shooting guns off. And one person loses their lives and a whole bunch of kids have their innocence shattered forever. Right. Yeah. And, And until we attack it foundationally. It's not, it's not really specifically about one gun or another. We need to make all guns, you know, like we need to make guns like it was when I was a child. Okay. I had guns lying around my house everywhere. My dad had at least five guns in his house. Shotgun. He had a rifle. He had several handguns. He was cleaning them all the time, and they were there for the, I could touch any of them if I, if, I, if I had the balls, okay? But see, that's the difference now. The kids don't have our common sense from back in the day. We didn't have all these stupid shootings. At all. We kind of knew what it was. Why? Because, you know, your dad could scare you the way they can't scare you now. Your dad scares you this, that way he, he goes to child services nowadays. Back in the day, you know, it was a whole different ball game. You knew not to touch anything. You know what I mean? But it's now you got to have gun locks and now you got to understand that 
you have to live differently because people are not nearly as responsible as they used to be 30 and 40 and 50 and 70 years ago. There was more common sense with a lot of that stuff. Listen, let's also be real too. The weapons are different than they were 30, yes, 40, 50 years ago, right? Better. I mean, your dad probably didn't have an AR-15 no. sitting there on the on the kitchen table. No. But hey, hey, oh, why don't you go outside and shoot shoot into a fence and see what happens? Like yeah. it it just listen. I couldn't I'm even 35. I couldn't even carry the gun. I couldn't even if he saw me pick up a gun. Hey, you're a dead man. I'm a you're, dead man. I'm yeah, a of course. dead like, man, bro. My dad owns a 22. Has my whole life. Always had it, had it in his closet. I knew where it was. Never touched it cuz like you I would I would have been I would have been in a bad way. Okay? Like my best friend in high school, his room, they had five guns, most I believe they're all rifles. One might have been a shotgun. On a on a rack right above his bed. And those things, like the rack wasn't really that good on the wall, and it would jingle around. Like, and I asked him once, "Were those things loaded?" He's like, "Yeah." Never thought to myself once, like, "Oh, this could go, this could go downhill, right?" Like, we're idiots. Like, one of us slams into the wall, like the thing falls off. This nobody ever thought about. He hunted all the time. All right. My yeah. point is, there are plenty of people who are completely responsible with their guns. Now, now, granted, maybe that wasn't the most responsible thing in the world, but like most people are responsible with their guns. The problem is the weapons are different now. Yeah. The worst argument in the world. Are these are these people, these credence who are like, listen, I need it because the government might come after me, bro. I got bad news for you. If the government comes after you, your AR-15, not going to win against their drone. It's not going to happen. <laughs> this isn't 1785 yeah. where it's musket on musket out in the yard, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're going to lose. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to lose. Like yeah. to the idea that like you're protected against a tyrannical government because you have a shotgun. Like, no, no, no. Like that. This isn't this isn't seventeen hundred something. You're losing. The the except- L A car chase always ends one way, right? It, it does. Yes. <laughs> you <laughs> know you're not winning that. You're not, not walking out of that. No. Like it's it's amazing the lengths that people will just sell crap so they can go. Well, but I want what I want. No, get get lost. Yeah. You're like don't. You can give me an argument that you like your weapons and that's fine and whatever, but don't give me bullshit. That drives me insane. And that's what most of these arguments are. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just, uh, and hopefully we'll be able to, you know, attack it the right way. But I, I have no hope, unfortunately, that, uh, that's, that's uh, going to end up happening. What, what are they, what's, uh, what's being talked about for the, the, uh, the poor radio DJ, bro. That, I mean, she was young, man. Jesus Christ. Wow. Uh, I mean, it's, it's really like, I, I didn't know her personally. Um, I, I know some people who like who do do know her, uh, and they're crushed uh, by all accounts. Uh, she was a, a wonderful person, the mother, um, you know, of two of two children, to my understanding. And it's tragic. I you know, I, look, um, you know, anybody losing their lives, you know, I think there's a natural thing. You see, over twenty people shot, one person passes away, and I think there's always a natural inclination to go like, my God, like, thankfully all the kids are okay and. The bottom line is, yeah, yeah, sure. Thank God everybody who who survived survived. But like somebody lost their life. Somebody lost their mom yesterday. Multiple people lost their mom yesterday. Somebody lost their, their wife. Like somebody lost their daughter. And um it's and, and again, like 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 pretty much all of these are they're just so senseless. Yeah. Like course. what is the what was the point? Because you got into an altercation and then everybody in their mother who got in this altercation apparently was like, hold on a minute. Like I have I have a weapon of war available to me. And this, by the way, forever to me, the argument of like, well, you know, if there's a good guy with a gun, bro, there were 800 good guys with a gun. Yeah. I was down there. You couldn't believe the police presence of down course. there. Of course. Yeah. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. Right. One of the guys got tackled by civilians. 
Yeah. Two civilians tackled the guy. Yeah, in we the saw street. It. God bless those people. Yeah. Like, Badass. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, like crazy stuff. But then you get these people like, hey, you know, stop, stop, bad guy. They're gonna get a good guy. They're going, well, bro, I got to tell you, there were eight hundred good guys with guns and radios and every other piece of equipment you can imagine. And helicopters didn't stop them. Well, like, because eight hundred amongst one million. Yeah, you're still fighting a losing battle. Yeah, it's you impossible. Know? Again environment you cannot control and that's no. exactly what we're finding out about all these parades and these kind of things you know city officials and and now team officials in this case you know they've got to understand you can't control these kind of environments but the nfl they have the power to control this because they can just limit it inside their stadium and i, I hope they do that so we don't have a lisa lopez galvan losing her life you know, yesterday, and that was just absolutely sad, you know, to see that. Um, now, uh, I, I, you know, I don't know how you segue to football, my brother. Um, I'm wrong. Uh, he's staying. <laughs> he wants the three-peat. You know, I thought, I thought Travis was gone, dude. I thought he got humanized, and you thought he would uh, play because he's got two years left. But this three-peat thing, and then Chris Jones... You know, I even had some, you know, Dolphin fans who always love these silly hypotheticals. Hey, why don't we go after Chris Jones? I'm like, well, is he available? How do you even know? Well, now you know Chris Jones wants to be there for a few more years. Kelsey is coming back. So, and you know that they're going to focus on the draft and bring another wide receiver to that team. <laughs> you can bet your ass on that. Um, yeah. Talk to me about how it looks for them because obviously they've got money and they've got to pay people and – uh, the challenge of all that kind of stuff. Well, you know, listen, I think it's going to be very interesting. Their their off season um, is mostly about trying to figure out how to keep the defense together. They have Legarius Need, who's a free agent, who went on uh, Up and Adams, K. Adams show today, and when asked if he had a message for Brett Veach, said, "Pay me, pay me, pay me." So I don't think he's taking a discount, nor should he. Um, Chris Jones is. Uh, Potentially going to be back. We'll see. Uh, I think it's kind of been widely believed that in KC, like, eh, it might be tough to keep him. And then he spent the entire parade screaming about how he wants to come back for three more years. I, I was going to uh, tell you. I was going to tell you this. He's got three titles. This is his last big contract. Correct. I think yeah. KC gets a price break here on this one because he, he wants the legacy part of this whole thing, and he's happy. And maybe he's watched other people. Maybe he watched the Dalvin Cook situation. Like, he was just sure. chasing money, and then he found out he was unhappy. And like other – Miko Hardman, he went to chase the money with the Jets. Uh, by the way, uh, I, I could see Miko didn't change uh, – just because he left the Jets. No, he, he kept the jewelry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that jewelry is too expensive. He was wearing it. I'm going, that doesn't go with your thing now. He – you're a chief, not a jet. But uh, I, I'm thinking, dude, oh, I, I spent 150 grand on this. I'm wearing it. <laughs> he gets away with it because in Kansas City, his nickname was the Jet. Yeah. So he can just be, yeah, I'm, it's the Jet, and it uh, works out for him. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, but but maybe he sees some of that. And I'm one when I hear Chris Jones say that, I'm saying, dude, you're kind of losing slight at leverage a little bit. You know, you are. Pat Mahomes on defense, but still, you know what I'm saying? So I almost feel like there might be a better marriage in the offseason between those two guys. You know, right. The team and the team and Jones. I don't know. I'm just speculating. I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting. Um, 
It's going to be uh, – look, I, I think with Jones and Snead, my guess is that one of them stay. Um, I, there's a world, yeah, if they sign Jones, they could tag Snead. I mean, they could do that. They can open up money with Mahomes' deal because if they restructure him, they save like $35 million. And, there you go. Um, I mean, so they could. They could if they want to. But then it gets tricky down the road with guys like Nick Bolton and Creed Humphrey. When you're, three, say, when you're three-peating, bro, you'll deal with that shit when you have to deal see, with that, that shit. I agree with you. That's kind of how I feel about this. Like, just kind of talking to people around them, the mentality is like, we have to do this. So, like, I – and I think – look, it's kind of like if you're in the middle of a perfect season and you could rest guys, but you're like, look, man, we're trying to have a perfect season. Like, we're going for it. Right. Um, Brett Veach is pretty aggressive by nature. I think they will try to keep as many of these guys in-house as humanly possible, and they might say with the receivers, look, there's a million receivers in this draft. Let's just take one. Let's take one in the first round. Let's take one in the second round, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, but they just won the Super Bowl with this group. Like, I think there's a, two Super Bowls with this group. There's a good chance they're going to try to keep everybody around. I think Drew Tranquil is a guy they'll try to retain. Um you know, I think Donovan Smith, they might let walk. They have Juan A. Morris behind him who they like. Um, but, yeah, I think offensively, the only thing they really need to do is add a receiver. And then defensively, it's how many guys can you retain? I mean, that's really, they're the youngest defense in football. So it's really just do you bring back Jones and Snead, or is it one of them? That's kind of the big fit question facing them. And here's the big thing of all of this. Oh, Tom Brady the GOAT. Or could it be Matt, Pat Mahomes? This, that. Oh, does he get seven? Okay, nobody has a three-peat. Tom didn't get a three-peat. You know, and so, right. okay, New right. England is the, sure. is the dynasty of this century. Yeah, they got seven, but Kansas City got five, let's say, or something. But they got a right. three-peat in the middle of that. That's something they didn't do, you know, because our Dolphins did the three-peat. They just lost the first one and then won the second and the third, you know. But they did a three-peat. It just they didn't peat the <laughs> the third time but yeah. you know what i'm saying so and when you can do something like this and this is something that mahomes would have over brady in that discussion this is something the chiefs would have over the patriots you know what i mean by the way it's really cool that the two afl teams are the ones that are setting some of these records it's pretty cool yeah yeah I, look you know i think look, you, you bring up a point that I've, I've thought about a lot this past couple you know past week last few days especially for mahomes it is not lost on him that if he wins this next Super Bowl, he's done something Brady can never say he's done. No and one's done. No, no one's one. done. Right. Nobody, nobody in Super Bowl history, Super Bowl era has ever done. But he will have that on on anybody forever, right? Like, hey, first one to ever do it. They, and if you're them, like you look at this team and go, listen, we bring the exact same team back in a draft class, got a pretty decent shot, right? I mean, if you add one receiver, you have a defense, you know, it's a top three unit in the league. You got a you got a good offensive line. You got Kelsey, you got Rasheed Rice, who's now not a rookie in the second year. You have Pacheco. I mean, you know, so and it's a division where the Raiders and Broncos aren't threatening. The Chargers should be better with Harbaugh, but you wonder if they're gonna take a step back with the cap crunch this year. Yeah, they got problems. They got problems. Like yeah. this might be kind of a reset year for the Chargers. So, like and, and by the way, they need to hit on picks to reset this yeah, whole thing and all that. They do. They're not making a quick turnaround, bro. So if you're the Chiefs, you're looking at the conference going, all right, look, the division, if we're healthy, we should win the division again. And and the Ravens are going to take a step back. So they're going to lose some guys. And, you know, the Bengals, we'll see what happens with Higgins. I would think they tag him, but, you know, we'll see. The AFC South, I like the Texans, but I don't think they're there yet. We'll see how the offseason plays out. The AFC East is probably where you're threatened. I mean, you know, Miami has a lot of talent. Buffalo is the team you look at and go, okay. And, and, but, I mean. All the QBs, bro. All the QBs are in this conference. Yeah. Right. That's the thing. So, I think that's 
I would not be surprised to see the Chiefs do whatever they can to try to keep just about everybody at a receiver and then say, hey, look, if we got to pay for that three years down the road, fine. We'll pay for three years down the road. You know, last year, um, the the Panthers ended the Stanley Cup where Kachuk scored a goal and everything with a broken clavicle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, the uh, damn Radko Gudis had a high ankle sprain, played the entire series with a high ankle sprain. Uh, there were a couple other guys that had this, that you're like, what the hell is going on here? And then we have the NBA that has load management. <laughs> and then we have Allegretti playing with a completely torn UCL ligament in his elbow, an offensive lineman playing with a torn elbow, completely torn elbow ligament since the second quarter. Yeah, It's interesting how NFL players, NHL players actually, you know, play the game to the extreme compared to the NBA that they're worried about their little load management crap. I mean, that was crazy when it came out that Al Grady played with a torn UCL Holy in the middle of the second shit, quarter. Like, that, that's crazy. Come on. And like Mahomes tweeted out afterwards. Mahomes was like tweeting basically like, yeah, we, we needed him. <laughs> like, yeah, well, well, he's done it yeah. too. He's done it too with the ankle. That oh, we yeah, knew for sure. It was. I was saying, like, that's like, it's crazy. Like, the, I mean, you're blocking Come a 330 on. pound guy from like the wind, and you're like, all right, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, listen, people don't understand pro sports. I mean, yeah, the NBA, look, a guy's a hangnail. He's out for two months. But like the rest of these sports, like, there are guys, I mean, you're playing with ridiculous stuff, and guys just play through it because they can, you know, and it's like, all right, listen, numb it up for three hours. And I'm going to go out there and do it. And then at the end of the season, I mean, hockey, they're famous for this. Hockey, playoff season ends for some team. Eight guys get surgery. I mean, I, you know, I'm a Devils fan. I remember one year, it was the last year they won the Cup, both 2003. Scott Stevens, who was a great defenseman for them, for people who don't know who he was, physical as hell. He took a slap shot off the side of his head, and part of his ear came off. And they sewed his ear back together, and he played in the next game the next night against Tampa. Just like didn't enough, just completely unfazed by the entire thing. Like they put a little flap over the ear to protect it, like just this little tiny flimsy piece of plastic, and he played the rest of the playoffs like that. Just fine, didn't matter. Guy lost part of his ear. There was blood all over the ice, and they just they just brought out like a little chisel and chiseled up the blood, and then he put a little cover over it. Good to go, not a problem. Played the entire rest of the playoffs like that. Like it's guys are crazy at that level. You kind of have to be to get there, and you know you see that occasionally. All right, man. What do you got going on in Sports Illustrated so uh, folks can check it out, my man? I think, you know, I've got uh, my, kind of on vacation for this week, so it's been nice. I'm, I'm going to be going to the Combine in Indy. Looking okay. forward to that. Looking forward to being there. Will you be at the, the Combine this year? I don't think so, man. Mm. I don't think so. I think All I'm right. going to pass right. on the Combine. I, I, uh, I'm I, talking to a couple. If, if a couple people tell me they will have time to meet, then I'll go. Uh, okay. But if I can't meet with certain NFL people, I don't want to go. Because the problem is what's changed in the Combine over the last seven, eight years is that they're, the Knights, some of the, pers- some of the personnel people aren't going out nearly as much as they used to. It's true. And so uh, you'll catch some guys, but, and it'll be later at night at sometimes that they'll, you, they're trying to sneak in. And some of these guys also, they don't even want to be in public with a drink in their hands because everybody's got a phone. So yeah. Well, so that's that's you, certainly. I'm sure yeah. you get some of that, and so. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm I mean, still leaving it up in the air. I may go, but 
Not yet. We'll see. Okay. Well, I'll be – so, uh, look, I've got some off-season pieces coming out. Uh, Gilberto Manzano, my colleague, is handling the NFC. I'm handling the AFC. I'm just like one move – uh, to look at for the offseason for each team, offseason outlook. Just like, the, listen, frankly, to be honest, it's that kind of typical stuff to kind of set the scene. Um, and then uh, I've got the podcast going, the MMQB podcast, which we're taking a break this week. We'll be back next week. Um, and just just a lot, of, a lot of free agency, a lot of draft, you know, kind of preparing for that time of the year. Everybody in my regular day-to-day life, they're like, oh, you can relax now. I'm like, this is busier than the damn season. Yeah. Like, I, I can't express the night of the, the the third day of the draft when that thing's over. I'm not a huge drinker. I have like three beers. I just sit down and drink. I'm like, oh, now it's my summer vacation. May, June, first half of July. But yeah, just a lot of off season, a lot of draft. Um, and I oh, and I will say, although I don't know how many Dolphin fans are gonna care about this, but I launched uh, the Matt Verderam show on Patreon, okay, uh, which is a Chiefs focused podcast. My national one is the MMQB. Just kind of something fun. Just a passion project. Go back to my roots a little bit. Um, but if you want to check it out, it's uh, the Matt Verderam Show. On Patreon, You can, there's like three different tiers. You can be a free member, $5, $10 a month. So um, it's all there if uh, people just want to hear more of me for whatever reason. I'm you there. Got, there you go. Matt, as always, you're a stud, my brother. And we'll pass on the link. Just send it to me so I can uh, get it off. It's probably on your Twitter feed, right? Uh, yeah, it's pinned. Pinned tweet. Okay, good. I'll, I'll, I'll retweet that. All right, my brother, we'll catch up next week. I appreciate you. You got it. Take care. You got it. There you go. The champion, Matt Verderam, baby. Gotta love it, man. Gotta love it. That is awesome. And if you're a Chiefs fan, dude, you're, 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 you're on cloud nine right now. That's what you are. Uh, let's get to our three graphics sports calendar. Last night, the Heat got it done again against the Sixers, 109-104, man. Back-to-back terrific wins without Terry, without Jimmy, without Butler. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, Duncan had 20 points, 5 of 7. Bam, 23. Tyler, 23. Highsmith added 16. Uh, they are off again, you know, All-Star Weekend. They're off till next Friday, the 23rd. They'll visit New Orleans. The Panthers, best team in town. They uh, took care of the Penguins. 5-2 on the road. They improved to 35-14-4. and four. Lundell with two goals. Kachuk had a goal and two assists. Bob had 25 saves. Thursday, they're at Buffalo. Uh, Clemson defeated UM in basketball, 77-60. They've got BC on the road on Saturday at 4 o'clock. Uh, the Lady Canes tonight are back in action. Number 19, Syracuse, taking on Miami at the Watsko Center. So let's see if uh, Katie Meyer and the ladies can get back on track. And uh, NSU on Saturday at 4 o'clock at Palm Beach Atlantic University. That is your 3A graphics sports calendar. Uh, I'm going to get to some Dolphins here. I want to talk a little Anthony Weaver with you guys. Uh, But I also want to talk a little bit, you know, mentioning the Heat. We, uh, We gave a ton of praise last year to Duncan Robinson. We were very critical of Duncan Robinson two and three years ago that he was a very limited player. If he couldn't shoot, he really wasn't facilitating. He wasn't rebounding. He wasn't defending. Uh, He really couldn't attack the rim. He couldn't put the ball in the court. None of that. And to his credit, and and to, of course, Eric Spolster's credit, who apparently ran his ass into the ground to become a better player and challenged him, and to Duncan's credit, he understood he had to become a better player, and he did it last year. 
He started showing signs towards the end of the season before, but really showed it last year. Unlike Bam Adebayo, who's never broken through to become like a franchise player and be able to like enforce himself offensively, uh, Duncan has, and he has become a more complete player last night. 23 points, 13 rebounds. I'm sorry, 20 points, four assists last night, five of seven from three-point range. You see him rebounding. You see him constantly getting assists. He is, I mean, what was it the night before? With, uh, where was that? Uh, 23 points, three rebounds, five assists, two steals, a block. These are things that just was not in his repertoire. And you got to remember where Duncan came from. From nothing. The Heat saw something there, and then they've polished up this diamond to compete. It wasn't just, okay, we'll make you a shooter. No, now you've got more than Jason Capono. No, no, you can do a lot more than Jason Capono. And sure enough, he's helping you in rebounding. He's setting people up. He's picking up a steal or two. He's getting a block every once in a while. You know, this is, this is something that it reminds me a lot of another Miami Heat player. Yeah. This reminds me a lot. Who do you think it reminds me of? And he may become the second of it in this franchise's history. We may just have picked up another Udonis Haslam. You ever thought of that? He just continues to get better and better as a player, an all-around player. I, again, do not confuse. I'm not comparing the players. I'm comparing the origins, both undrafted, both unpolished. Udonis was overweight, out of shape, wasn't really the player that you, you ended up seeing, and, and he got better as a Heat player, and he became a guy you can count on, a clutch mid-range shooter, a hell of a defender, a fearless defender. He helped you in many ways. Duncan is superior to UD when it comes to offense and shooting, right? You know what I'm saying? He plays without the ball better than UD and those kind of things. UD will have a better post game, obviously a better interior player because he's bigger and tougher and all that. But my point is, these are two players they've picked up out of nothing. Complete coal. And you polish them both up to be diamonds. And... The pace now that Duncan is on, he's only pacing to get better as a player. And that becomes just an absolute steal. You, you, you do realize you could be retiring Duncan's number. Yeah, I said that. Yeah, it's crazy. What, what if Duncan starts doing this for 10 more seasons or eight more seasons? You know, he's going to become one of those beloved players because you've had him from the beginning to the end. You know, the things the Marlins can't ever do? You ever, you know, those kind of things? So this is amazing that you get to have him from infancy all the way through possibly retirement. Because he fits exactly what you need. And to his credit, two years ago, <laughs> he, he was going to be part of a trade somewhere. You were like, oh, man, we got to unload a first-rounder to unload Duncan. That's what we were talking about. That's how bad it was. Nobody's going to want that contract. You're going to have to give up a first-rounder to get rid of Duncan. 
Now you will have teams lined up to give you a pick or two for Duncan now. But if I'm the Heat, I would never let go of, of, of Duncan Robinson because Duncan is kind of like UD, the guy that won't turn into a superstar but can turn into a franchise-type player, not like the, 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 those normal. I'm talking about like, like those franchise players that are like really, really good and they're with you for a long, long time. You know what I'm saying? That they, they're part of your culture, you know, that kind of stuff. Because UD is not really a superstar. He's not really talent-wise where Timmy and Alonzo and Wade are. Forget it. And I know they put LeBron up there too and, and, and uh, Shaq. He's not there, right? And neither is Duncan. But the importance to your team, to have a guy like that forever, to have Nat Moore in your organization. Nat Moore is my favorite Dolphin receiver, but I'll tell you, he's not Paul Warfield and he's not Nat Moore. I mean, he's not um, a Duper and he's not Clayton. Okay, he's the next level under those guys. But you have to have Nat Moores on your franchise. You, you must have a Nat Moore on your franchise. You must have a Jim Jensen on your franchise. You know, you must have, and that's to a lesser extent. But I'm talking about those players, Troy Brown for the New England Patriots. Is he going to be considered Wes Welker? Never. But is he a guy that should be treasured by Patriot fans? F yeah, dude. F yeah. You definitely want that. What was the uh, was it Kelso, the special teamer for the Buffalo Bills? Who was like a killer special teams player for like, yeah, Mark Kelso, right? Like for 10, 12, 15 years or something. Was that, wasn't it Kelso? I think it was. One, one of those, you know, every, not every franchise, but franchises every once in a while end up with one of those guys. And it's one of those guys you want to keep around forever because they're just good for you, period. They're good for your team. They're good for your culture. They're good for your fan base, all that kind of stuff. So that's what I was thinking about Duncan Robinson, that he's on a pace that five years from now we may end up like you appreciate him now that you didn't appreciate him in two years ago because he didn't deserve that kind of appreciation. Now he does. And could he end up with UD-like appreciation five years from now? That's the interesting part. Duncan Robinson. All right. Steve Calibro is in the house. Uh, Big O, did you watch the Anthony Weaver interview? Yes, and I'm going to talk about the Anthony Weaver interview after we talk to Steve Calibro. We will talk about the Anthony Weaver interview, and we'll get into uh, a couple of other things uh, for Dolphins-wise. So we'll get into that, my friends. All right. Let's uh, give him the mic at least for the moment. And, and as uh, Jeff Spicoli would say, pot him up. Okay? Or Wiz Khalifa. Or Snoop Dogg. Or the people in the smoking hot slots. Yes. We had a big jackpot the other day, too. Smoking hot slots? Just outside the smoking hot slots. Okay. Linked to the smoking hot slots, but right inside. All right. And they hit? Big. Just under 100000 Wow. Just under a hundred. It's not bad. Buy yourself yeah. a nice car. Yeah, or you can win a free <laughs> one here starting in March. March first, Mach Machi. I was gonna say Mach one, Machi. You're Mach-y. old. You can say Mach one and Mach two and Mach three. Yeah, I you guess. know I had a Mach three. Did you? I had a Mustang Mach three. Nice car. I never had red, a Mustang. Red. It had you know had that square back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What year? In the seventies. Two. I want to say it was. My sister had like a sixty-seven. All right, a three hundred body. Three hundred two. 
Oh, not a mock. She had a regular Mustang. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. She had a fastback. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Okay. Nice. Nice. It probably yeah. worked about 100000 now. <laughs> I think those Stangs are some of the best American very cool. cars very ever cool. made. Dude. They're very cool. Ever I, made. It's like the old Thunderbird. I was a hippie. Yeah? Yeah, I had so the- So you uh, had a Volkswagen? No, no. Van? I, no, I wasn't that much of a hippie. Oh, okay. I had a van, oh, though. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Spicoli. <laughs> yeah, I was sort of like that. But my friends were. So I had a Dodge van with the, you know, the sunset on the side of the there vehicle. There you go. You know? That's very 70s. Yeah, wood, wood bumpers. Very stained, 70s. 60s, stained, 70s. Right? The, and then the- all carpeting, shag, shag carpeting, totally. shag carpeting in the in the back in the uh, you know inside, and then with big speakers like you know the speakers that were like you know eighteen inches by about three feet tall, two of them. That's what I had, and the engine was right in the middle. Like so, when the engine overheated. It was right here, next to your thigh. Oh, you know? okay. So you had a heater. Yeah. <laughs> it was good for the winter. Yeah. In the summer, I had a heater. Yeah. <laughs> when it overheated, it was kind of nice. Yeah. 67 Dodge. And I lived in a shitty neighborhood, a, a bad neighborhood, not a shitty, but what did I say there? A bad neighborhood. And my eight-track player got robbed three times. <laughs> Damn, dude. Yeah. They just wanted that eight-track player. Yeah. They didn't want the vehicle. They wanted the eight-track player. <laughs> yeah. No, I, that, that happened to me once. I, I had my, uh, my Camaro. Parked outside my house. Yeah. And, uh, and house. I walked out and my Pioneer Super Tuner cassette. Damn. It wasn't A-Track, it was cassette. Yeah, I'm a little older than you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, well, I had the A-Track, but I had it when I was a kid at home. Yeah, I had it when I was... big old Magnavox or Zenith uh, yeah. stereo systems that were all, all in one, you know? We, yeah, we all had wood, the fake wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah. all had one of those yeah, in yeah, our homes. Great, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. You know, it had the record player, it had the A-Track. Record player. Oh, yeah. that's showing your age. Oh, you had the record player. Not only did you have the record player, but you had the 45 thing on the side if you needed it. Yeah, the, yeah, the the, the, the adapter, records. the adapter, yeah. And, now, then, and then you would adjust it to either 45, 78, or what was it? Uh, oh, yeah, the speed. You could play it faster. Or, or, yeah, 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 right. Where there was different speeds. 30, and you, 33, 45, 78. And That's then to fix the record player, you know, so the, the record would spin and then the needle would be on it. So we'd put a penny on, right on top just to put a little more weight down on... Get that baby into it. Re really reading the music. If you if you if you look at my <laughs> at my techniques twelve hundred turntable techniques are they still in business? <laughs> uh, I I have it at home. I have two techniques twelve hundred turntables at home. You have two turntables. Oh yeah yeah. I have, it's part of my stereo system. I I haven't connected them lately. I put them away because the records are also put away. But I I think uh, very soon I'm going to do a remodeling. Where I'm going to put all of that back. Retro. Right. Retro and, records. And if you go look at the needles, each of them have a penny. Yeah, man. To it. <laughs> I guess a quarter or a nickel would have been heavier, no, right? No, we only use a penny. <laughs> well, you, don't yeah. wanna get, you didn't want to put like, take a quarter out of inventory. You, yeah. you needed that quarter. Yeah. The penny you could deal with. <laughs> One day if I'm completely broke, I know where I can find two pennies. <laughs> okay? That's, uh, that's kind of where it's at, man. Hey, listen... Uh, I'm really disappointed in the Jersey guy. He missed it. You got it, and he didn't have it. The Jersey-wise guy didn't have it. I gave him a lot of crap. He claims that the, the San Francisco uh, defense didn't show up in the final. The they final. took the greatest player <laughs> in the game to overtime. What more do you want from him? Hold him. Your hold hold your, him at a 75 yard. <laughs> your offense needs to show up and, and score sevens, they, not threes. I know. You're but, playing Mahomes, bro. But think about you this. You cannot exchange. You can't go to a gunfight 
with a butter knife. <laughs> so go, think about this, though. In defense, and you're not going to agree, it sounds like, in defense of Brock Purdy, the game's in overtime. He gets the ball. He gets his team to be leading. Well, I have no can problem the, with Brock Purdy. But can't the defense do what they're supposed to do? Hold it, hold it. Hold the world's greatest player? I don't know. I mean, look, I, highest I, I, paid defensive guy in the, in the league. You know, he ran like twice in the third quarter. I know. I, well, he ran twice in the, in the, in you, the you, overtime. You know, you know that, that this guy and our guy do the same shit all the time. You, what, 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 say that again? You are, mean Mahomes? No, 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 oh, Mahomes. Oh, you mean, oh, Mick, oh, oh, you're talking about, yes, Shanahan, Shanahan and McDaniel. They yes. do the same shit. Way too many you pass plays. You may have plays. lived in a shitty neighborhood. They do the same shit. Wait, wait, wait. At they the abandon g- the run. At they, the game. You don't have the quarterback to be slinging it 50 times. That's not who Purdy is. Listen, I had a, I had a, a By group. By the way, that's not who Tua is either. I had a group of people over in my house, right? Right before the game starts, I said, hey, the one girl, the one girl's big, you know, they're going to win. North Niners are going to win. I said, listen, I mean, I know Shanahan's a good coach and all, but... Just to give you some data, he was the offensive coordinator when Atlanta gave right. up a 28-point lead to the to the Patriots. And he lost the 10-point lead last and, year. And and he lost the 10-point lead in four years ago, and they ended up scoring, you know, Kansas City scored 21 points. So he's had two colossal fourth quarter four, you know, collapses. Three now. And now three. Now three. Uh, the third one wasn't as gross. But, but it was it still wasn't, still it a, wasn't the defensive still, coordinator's fault. It was dude. still calling too many pass plays. And yes, your our guy does. And now I understand our guy. Your our guy. It's oh, they the came same the, tree. They come from the same school. It's the same I get it. habitual mistakes. And they want to are f- constantly made passing on every down. And, and you know, I find it to be the most cowardice thing that Shanahan fired uh, Steve Wilkes. Because, yeah. dude, you're the one that continues to do the same thing and you stifle your own team because you think Matt Ryan should be throwing the ball with a 25-point lead when, brother, the only guy I want to go mano a mano with Mahomes in this league right now, his name is Joe Burrow. And that, and it's over. Yeah. There's nobody else. And even no and even that, even that, I think Mahomes would win that one. Of course, but my no. point is, there's, I think there's, no, res- there's no quarterback at that level right now. That's that, that dude is the man. You know what I he mean? He is. And I think Steve Wilkes did a fabulous job overall. But you 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 got to do your wow, job as that, an offensive coordinator. No, I'll tell you what he did. He didn't do his job. You know, he did. Shanahan basically saved his job. I got to save face, save my job. Right, right. I got to blame somebody else. It's right, Pass certainly not me. You know, I'm Mike Shanahan's son. I must be the greatest. And so I'm just going to dump somebody. Just like he Nick- has the same mastermind attitude. That's what we used to call his dad, mastermind. Well, that, that was his nickname, mastermind, because he could never be wrong and he was always right. And right. All that. They, they, only their way works. Now look, it's the same thing. It's the same thing that, and I said it in previous broadcasts. Nick Sirianni did the same thing. It's he, in October. He's saying it's my offense. Then they don't have a, they they fall apart in the last six weeks, and he fires his offensive coordinator. I thought it was your offense. Right. Why don't you fire yourself? Right. You know Sirianni, but, but that's what all the Eagle fans. And are. you're influencing your offensive coordinator constantly. Yeah, exactly. So, so please, dude, come on. You know, so anyhow, but yeah, that's so the Shanahan thing was at, at the Super Bowl. Look, let's just say what say for what it was. It was a very exciting game oh, to it was watch. A great game. 
I mean, everybody that I saw, literally, there were three hours when you didn't know who was going to win. I just want to thank... At any point... I, I want to thank them for... It was a great... I want to thank the live line. It was... Well, the live line was great. Uh, you know, we talked about it earlier. I had it at... I, I bet the first bet at two points, Kansas City. Then I bet one and a half points. Remember, I was in conflict. And, you know, I was the, I was the man in conflict. I was... Uh, I was kind of hoping for Brock to get some respect from the NFL. But does the wise guy know that you didn't take his advice? You took Yeah, mine? he's pissed off at me. Oh, okay. He's big time pissed off. But then I said, I said, look, I'm glad I, and I told him I bet, I bet Kansas City and I made three different bets. I made a, a two point bet, Kansas City getting two, one and a half points and then getting five and a half during the game. Four, five or five and a half. I think I got five and a half, you know, because it was like they were up seven. I guess the Niners were seven, so I got five. Tell the wise guy. See, I sit here and I talk crypto too, and I gave people, hey, go get oh, a little crypto. sailor, a little sailor, a little kryptonite, right? It's up fifty-five percent in the last week. <laughs> you know, so you made yourself a little money. You know, I talk about neutron all the time. Well, you know, it's only up seventy-one percent this week. How about Bitcoin I mean, itself I, in the last year? Are you uh, kidding me? It's I, up. Uh, I got it all the way at sixteen at sixteen thousand. Yeah, so, yeah, so I, it's up. Two hundred percent, three hundred percent. I am well aware. Uh, Bitcoin, by the way, is up one hundred and eleven percent in the last year. Yeah, okay. it's pretty good. Yeah, you damn right, it's pretty good. <laughs> I, I don't have anybody coming at me anymore with Bitcoin. But I do work like they don't get. No, it. but I, I tell you what, though, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I get as I get it as an investment. People are making a lot of money, but now I'm going to sound like a goody two shoes. But I just have a hard time. Investing in Bitcoin and Bitcoin's what the criminal criminals use. That's bullshit. No, but that's all complete, the, dude. No, please. all the cybers, all that's the cyber. All, that's bullshit. That's I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give you listen, one. Listen, listen. I know more about this business than all those all right, idiots you're you listening to. Well, no, 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 no. I'm no, gonna no, ask no, you a question. No, no, I'm gonna no, get. No. I'm gonna tell you what's going on so I can cut you off already. <laughs> all right. They want you to be in love with the dollar. The dollar that they've printed 30 trillion times in the last four presidents. Who's they? That's, that's Bush, Obama, oh, yeah, those guys. Trump, yeah, 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 yeah. I and get Biden it. I have get it. printed $30 trillion. They know that Bitcoin is the currency of the world now. They understand that it's going to destroy them. That's why BlackRock, who doesn't give a shit, and ARK Investments and the richest and the strongest and the smartest people in the world. Listen to me. It's not. It's not a mineral. No. It's not. It's not a. It's not a. A natural a, resource. It's not a natural resource. I it's get it. The the most precious commodity in the world is not a diamond. It's not a ruby. It's not a gas. It's not any. It's a mathematical solution. That's what it is. That's what it's come down to. Why? Because the mathematical solution cannot be solved. And the mathematical solution keeps the problems and everything safe because you've got thousands of miners, millions of miners trying to solve these equations. Okay. Hold on a second. It cannot be hacked. Okay. It's impossible to hack. I'm not saying it's going to be hacked. They know this. So my point is, this is why the value in this is growing, and they understand because there's only 21 million. Full agreement. Full okay. agreement. There has been way more drug dealing and negative crap done with money, and it's done every single day of our lives. But okay, 95% of the world, Steve, doesn't even understand crypto. No, I so get it. So how can they commit crimes? But here, but here's what's happening. Here's what happened. MGM and Caesars got hacked. 
in our industry. This is, you know, the industry that and that's, not, and that's not crypto. Okay, no, no, but they get hacked, and they MGM decided not to pay the ransom. Right. Caesar paid the ransom, but it was required that it was paid in crypto because it's not traceable. No, it right? is. It's, again, is it, is it traceable or not? It's completely traceable. Well, how did they? How did? How you did can, those? You can actually. Well, if they if they force you to send it in Monero, then it's not. So if they were oh, smart I don't know. Up, I don't know. I don't know exactly. That's my point. I don't know what was for. I mean, you, no. You, you gave me the three words that I need to hear every single time. I don't. No. In that particular so, instance, I didn't so, know. I don't it, know the it, details of exactly. it. Exactly. If you steal somebody's Bitcoin or Ethereum or, or Polygon or whatever, they can trace your ass everywhere. You can't go anywhere. It's a mathematical problem that's set, and you're taking it with you, and it can be detected right but, away and stopped. But what's being reported is that Caesars paid because paid in crypto because okay. it wasn't traceable. Okay. Well, whatever, whatever the requirements of the okay, ransom so, people so, made. So if they wanted it in Monero, then they paid in Monero and then it isn't traceable. Or they paid it in Secret, which is another company that has also... And, and by the way, all governments have taken all those coins off of exchanges. Really? Yeah. Again, it's, it's knowledge. It, the, no, most people don't know anything about this. Well, so look, you wouldn't know about this, and I, you wouldn't know that, that if, if you want to deal with Monero, you're going to have the U.S. government right on your ass. Not that you said it wasn't, it wasn't oh, because they're not, they take it off. Yeah, they took it off. Right, exactly. So if you want to start using Monero, then they're going to go look at you. Why are you using Monero? You know what I mean? Because yeah, the yeah, rest yeah. of us, if you're just doing a regular deal, you don't need to hide anything. You understand? Crypto, yeah, yeah. Bitcoin, Most of the people don't. It's, Most a, of it's an open ledger. Everything can be seen. Listen, there's no doubt about it. Because the, the, the a year ago, I should have bought it because I saw it in the 20s, and I was going to buy it. I said, you know, maybe I'll deviate from my thing, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to put the effort in. A year ago, this has been a little bit of a rough year for me too. And in, in it, a year ago, I was like, I got to put all that effort into learning. Maybe I'll just. So if I tell you it's going to be at 104, and it's at 52, does does it mean anything to you? Uh, it means the same thing. Okay. You, what do you? What's your? Opinion, your opinion. You've been around it a little. When do you easily, think it gets to a hundred? Easily goes over a hundred by this time next year. Really? You and I will be sitting here doing this show in February, and Bitcoin will be over a hundred thousand dollars. So you're gonna you're gonna take you your wife out to Valentine's Day next year and pay for it in Bitcoin? No, I, <laughs> I already I already told her I'm buying her a car. Oh yeah, at that point, yeah, you'll buy your car. <laughs> it's much better. Yeah. So I was trying to like put you on the spot there to buy your wife a car or buy or the dinner. I was like, the car. You you did it yourself. <laughs> Anything and everything I do is for them. There you go. There that's you go. It. That's all. That's all I can do. So uh, yeah. And, so, and by the way, I want to thank uh, Vegas um, because the last two two bets for me. Just were glorious because I had all the people. Oh, Baltimore's going to kill him. Baltimore. Oh, my God. And, what the, a, and what then a... this one also. So, you know, uh, I just, you know, when I took plus seven in that game. Yeah, that was amazing. I didn't see. I, I, I wasn't looking at it the whole time, but I saw it at five and a half and I grabbed it. Only the, the only thing that tops plus seven with the Chiefs is, uh, you know, a little uh, whoopee here with the lady. That's about <laughs> it. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, I was uh, pretty excited. I was like, really? I get the best player in the world. You're giving me seven and, points. I get a touchdown. With the best coach in the touch, with the best coach in the league. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. So, go. so let go. me move to stay with football, but move to the la on the one last thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got we got my, David Ferron is coming up. Miami Dolphins next year. What do you think they need to do? 
I have some opinions on it, but what do Go they ahead. need to do to get from good to great? Because they're good. They're a good team. Um, they, they are not great. They can't seem to win the big one. They're not really beating up on anybody that is impressive. You know, I mean, they beat the Cowboys. I guess that was somewhat impressive, but, you know, they kind of. Well, you got, you got it. Mike McDaniel's got to become a better coach. A much, a much better coach. He's the number one problem on this team by far. Like it's Mike McDaniel and then it starts here with other issues. The number wow. one to number two, the drop off is ridiculous. It's not about the. It's not about the defensive coordinator. It's not about the offensive coordinator. I mean, it is about the offensive coordinator. Not about the defensive coordinator. Not about Tua. Not about the O-line. Not about the coaches. Not about the personnel department. All of that stuff works out if the guy on the top actually knows what he's so doing. The guy at the top constantly makes mistakes. And then the truth is, the last two years, the injury deal has been so yeah, but you brutal. Can't bad luck. You can't control it. It's bad luck. It's funny. By the way, how come Heat fans... Uh, that are Dolphin fans, you know, after watching Josh Richardson and Terry go down right in the same night, why, why aren't they blaming the Heat trainers now? I don't know. I mean, that's what Dolphin Heat fan does, right? It's interesting. Yeah, that's a shot at you guys. Yeah, anyway, so um, you need some luck on the injuries. Oh, yeah, that's going to that's gonna fall wherever it's going to fall in most instances. I mean, right. most, most NFL teams have very good conditioning programs i gotta right. believe i gotta believe that. no no they have a fantastic one yes. with the dolphins that's so, not a problem dude so so it's what, not the turf which i've heard that silliness too and it's not the trainers we've had terrible luck for two years i mean you saw a super bowl the guy's running onto the field he, blows out literally he was jogging on right you think jalen <laughs> phillips has anything to do with our trainers that he's just taken off it's just freak shit happened i uh, I get a leg injury to a knee injury now. You know what well, I mean? Well, that's it's that's like, what happens. You break, you, you you mess one thing up. You got to be careful side to side. You mess up your right. You mess you, yeah. you, you lean on your left. So so what is so I think I think that McDaniel has to run the ball more. Yes. I think that's big time. I think he needs to. Well, you know, it just seems like there's something missing in terms of motivating the players too. I don't know if he's. I don't know. Well, here's my problem with that, and, and, and that's the, the third thing that I was going to tell you. The mistakes have to end, and that's his fault, okay? And I hate to say this, but when I watch Spo, when I watch Larinaga, when I watch Riley, when I watch Shula, you know, I can only tell you from my experiences of 50 years of watching sports, when I watched a disciplined good coach, then it falls to the rest of the team. And Mike McDaniel has zero discipline. Yes, there are no not. prices paid for mistakes on a consistent basis. And also, he's the lead dude in mistakes. Can't get plays in on time. That, hurts that happens that the last two years. That kills your quarterback. Last that kills two years. your quarterback. You, you, you kills your line, your offense. You can't adjust. you got to go with the play that's thrown in there. If they're ready for it, you're screwed. you got to run it. But now, Big O, think about this. So let's just uh, – I agree with you. Uh, Tyreek Hill drops key footballs. All the lots, time. Lots of times. And there is no price paid for it. Waddle does it too. You know, and a couple of years ago, uh, I'll give Flo credit. He had that wall thing going. And when you screwed up, you had to run the wall and run the wall and run the <laughs> yeah, wall. Something. Shula had gassers. Something. So, some used to make you run the stadium steps. Whatever the you, you, hell it was. You got to know that there's consequences for your mistakes. And, I get it. That's and, sort of and, our society should do that, too. But, but, when, your <laughs> but, coach, but when your coach is a constant screw-up, it's hard to set the example for your players. Because if you're constantly screwing up, 
then what the hell are your players? All right, do? so I'm going to paint a picture. I'm going to end it with this. This is horrible way to end it, but so now it's next year. McDaniel's improves a little on some things, and we go ten and ten and six or ten and seven. Did they win in the playoffs? And they 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 win the first game and lose the second. Oh, he survives if they win. If they lose the first game? Uh, I don't know about that one. That's a tough one. Yeah. Well, it all depends on how the year went. Are the same stupid things happening? Ten and seven. Did you, did ten you, and seven, and, and lose the first playoff game. Did you abandon the run? Did you lose to Tennessee with fourteen points yeah. lead with three minutes left? So you know, I, I need to know the the. I'll the, give you the I'll give you the context. The context. The context is it's the same type of year this year. He goes ten and seven. He's got he's done. And he loses the playoff game. I think that what's his name keeps him. I think the owner. Oh keeps no no him. no no! They fire his ass on the spot. I think the owner keeps him. No, if the same buffoonery continues. I predict they fire him. Wow. Ass. I don't know. I think yeah, there's you, something you, about I think they I like him. I personally think I, I everybody like I like him. Yeah, he's, you know, he's a likable guy and I think the owner I likes him. I like him, but he's got to he's got to get responsive. <laughs> he's like he's like your kid that just left your house and now he's realizing, "Oh shit, there's yeah. rent and there's insurance." I got to pay the phone company. And, I got to pay. And <laughs> yes, and it's not. A, yeah, yeah, there's all that now. Yeah, and he, and you see him as a parent, he's kind of struggling and you gotta kind of guide him, help him, slide him a couple bucks, you know that kind of stuff. McDaniel is still in the dorms. Yeah, it, it's it, it, bro. He, yeah, he's not in the re- yeah. La it's, fiesta is over. We but, need you to graduate. We need you to move on. We need la, you to put on the suit and the tie and become the executive. La fiesta is over. La fiesta, <laughs> la is, fiesta over. is over. La fiesta is over. Even Hialeah, I know that one. <laughs> we're at Hialeah Park, bro. Where the fiesta, the, the fiesta is, is never over. It's never over. <laughs> well, anyhow, I hope it works because I, I'm not feeling it. I think that I think that McDaniel's is I don't know. Right. He'll get it. We'll see if he gets it done. But very I think it's going to be a, a neutral season and another McDaniels year after that. Boy, am I, I hope I'm wrong. Uh, Next year, at Valentine's Day, we've got to check about McDaniels, employment, and the price of, the price of, uh, the price of Bitcoin. <laughs> oh, 100 grand, 100 grand then. All right, my brother. Appreciate it. <laughs> Take care, you. man. Be Big good. Time. Remember, Take- Mustang giveaway starts March 1st. So when you come on down and play the loosest slots in the state of Florida, not South Florida, state of Florida, you get entries every time you play those slots, and you got a chance to win that all-electric um, Mustang. I, we're going to try to win that one, too. You and I got to go play down there. All right. Let's Take go. She care. needs a car, actually. Well, so be you said you're going to buy her a car. That's a hell of a way to buy her that's car. A, that's, a better, that's better than buying. <laughs> that's a little bit of a risky business there. <laughs> that's a better than buying. Better than buying. Thank you, my Adios. brother. Appreciate you. All right. Let's uh, switch over. Let's talk a little Dolphins. They introduced Anthony Weaver, defensive coordinator. We go to David Ferronis and our Welt and Realm Miami Dolphins report right now. All rise, football fans. As the Welt and Realm Miami Dolphins report with David Veronis is in session. Welton Rayom has more than 62 years of litigation experience handling insurance disputes. They are committed to resolving even the toughest insurance claims quickly. Call them for a free consultation. 954-966-4646. Here's Miami Dolphins insider David Veronis. There he is, locked and loaded and ready to go. How you feeling, my man? You feeling good? Yeah, feeling good. Uh, it was cool to, to um, get to know Anthony Weaver today. And um, I can tell you, you, you can tell uh, why he's a guy that's up for head coaching jobs. And he was yeah. interviewed. He just presents ah. himself very well. So you really get that sense of, of, of why and who he is. Yeah, the presence uh, yeah. R- right away, the intelligence. 
on how he approaches things. It's not so um, Neanderthal coach-like. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm saying? Who, who, who are you talking about? Uh, no, no, I'm not specific. I'm <laughs> okay, saying no, okay. in general, there are some coaches that are just about rah-rah and intensity. All this. There's an intelligent approach to him, you know, that I really liked uh, overall. Again, to me, by the way, this will be a third year in a row, and I probably won't have a problem with him either. My problem's more on the offensive side. It's not the defense anyway when it's all said and done. But sure. one of the things, and as I told you, he's not going to tell you what kind of defense are going to play. He just kept it very general and all that kind of stuff. But I love that he's going to stay multiple with Jalen Ramsey and all of that. And I think that's very important. To me, the fact that he didn't sell, oh, no, but I have a scheme, and then we'll get everybody to fit. No, he talked more about adjusting to everything that has to go on, whether it's in a game or your talent or whatever it is. That's one of the things I did like, that it looked like it was an open approach to how he's going to defend. Yeah, that was one thing that I know you were really hoping for. I think a lot of fans were really hoping for that. He was going to be, wanted to be multiple, wanted to be flexible. Uh, he said that what the Ravens were doing under Mike McDonald will be at the foundation of, of what he will do as defensive coordinator. So I think when I talked about just getting some answers, that's more so what I was looking for is just something, the foundation. Is he going to be more like the aggressive style when he ran his own defense in 2020 with the Texans, or is it going to be more of uh, the two high safeties like he has had under Mike McDonald with the Ravens? And not not so much like what Wink Martindale did over there. Uh, so I, I think he, we got that answer. But then that he will also be flexible. Uh, so maybe he's willing to be versatile with his blitz rate. He talked a little bit about that. That uh, it's not to be reckless with it. He's been under both systems. The guys that just blitz all the time, or the the guys that take a, a very metered approach to it. So I think they'll still be sort of in line with what the, they were already doing. So some of the continuity is there, but just more open to being flexible, which is what you want to see out of a guy, and especially with Jalen Ramsey. I know that had to be music to everyone's ears. Yeah. yeah. He, he is willing to move him around. He doesn't want to just keep him on one side, that that's going to be a disservice to him. So uh, he really opposed what uh, Vic Fangio was doing just last year with him, uh, which is uh, is something that you like to hear. And by the way, speaking of the ogre, uh, Vic Fangio, um, the other thing that I loved about Anthony Weaver, you guys asked him, will he be in the booth or will he be in the sidelines? And when his uh, his answer about talking on the sidelines, I'm not a booth guy uh, and, and when I'm listening to him, okay, because that's the part that's super impressive about Anthony Weaver is listening to him is that you want that on the sidelines. Why? Because he's a communicator and apparently, you know, the old, the old geezer isn't that much of a communicator. He's just kind of an ogre that's going to tell you what to do and doesn't really necessarily care about what you have to say about it. Whereas Anthony Weaver is going to communicate with guys. He's going to tell them what he wants, but he's probably also going to listen to at the same time to then correct that or enforce some of that and say reinforce some of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? But I really love the approach, and that's because he has the personality and the communication <laughs> skills to keep it downstairs. I like that. Right. And he said he needs to feel what's going on in the game. Yeah. So 
like you said, he, he's not – it's not like you're coaching on, on Madden where you just uh, – you, you got your players and you, you, you have them doing this and that. You, you pick a play and then and you just watch it unfold. No, I mean, coaches that, that are upstairs, they have their reasons. Like, you know, Vic Fangio, he wants to get the all-22 view of things. and But uh, it, it just speaks to the different style of coach that uh, he is uh, collaborative in that sense, that he's getting the feel for what the players are seeing, getting it in real time so it's not like it takes an extra layer of communication with – say, under Fangio, um, a linebacker's coach, Anthony Campanelli, would have to tell him something that he's seeing, get it upstairs to Vic Fangio, and then Vic Fangio makes an adjustment based off of that. You know, it's his own observation that he's seeing in his players. He could hear it from his players. He could take that information and then make uh, on-the-spot adjustments based on whatever needs to be done, whatever he feels needs to be done. So, uh, yeah, I mean, different coaches have their reasons for the, their different styles, but um, uh, yeah, I, I like that he he is in tune with what's uh, what's going on in the field and gets that feel for it. He's a communicator, bro, and that's yeah. kind of what they want on this staff. You know what I mean? And you know, the old man was probably set in his ways and wasn't the same, wasn't as communicative, communicative, or wasn't let's say uh, wasn't uh, jiving well with the rest of the staff. You know what I mean? So now you've got a guy that these two can relate to each other. You know, and I always tell, I, I've told this story many times over because fans and sometimes media mistaken this about a coach. And, oh, well, dude, he's been fired six times. He's been all these teams. Yeah, dude, you're looking at it the wrong way. They keep hiring because they like him. He's not the problem where they got fired. You know, more often than not, a lot of people end up going with, you know, staff changes. And you end up losing your job because you're part of a staff change. Yeah, every once in a while it'll be individually, you know, uh, the Steve Wilkes situation, which I think was completely unfair. But, you know, sometimes that's going to happen. Okay, fine. But a lot of times you're going to be part of an entire staff that you're let go and you change. And we had terrible experiences with two guys that had never been fired. And that was Joe Philbin and Brian Flores. Why? They were hired by one franchise and they were only working in one franchise. So they knew nobody. And that coach that has bounced around all over, like McDaniel, like Weaver, like others, like Bevel, they, those are your best coaches. Those are the coaches that get to know other systems, other players, uh, you know, other ways of doing things, and that's how they become better coaches. The guy that's stuck in only the Patriot way or the Packer way that may not fly for him because he hasn't learned from other people because there's more to it. You know what I mean? And then the other thing is when you hire those kind of guys, they can't find other options. Here's McDaniel. He found a guy, uh, what was it, 2009 was the last time that these two guys worked. That's 15 years ago, dude. You know, that's that. Th this is why you want these kind of coaches, the ones that have bounced around. They are actually and usually your best coaches. Yeah, and the turnover rate in the NFL is so high anyway where, like you said, just because he's bounced around different places, that doesn't mean he was at fault in, in any place. It's just all right, somewhere along the line, whether it's a head coach, which a lot of them just last three, maybe four seasons in a spot, it's not working out. They kick you to the curb, they move on, and then is a trickle-down effect of every position uh, beyond that. And, and then the same thing goes with coordinators. Some of them might be going to a promotion. Some of them might be uh, – yeah, some of them might be fired. But then it's a trickle-down of, okay, someone might have uh, their position, like him coaching D-line somewhere, uh, all doing the right things, but then it, other parts of the defense didn't work out. 
whatever the case may be, and someone was let go, and then now the next guy isn't going to retain him. Like it's not like every single coach that the Dolphins had that's not being retained is at fault. It's just there's been a coaching change, and now Anthony Weaver is bringing in his own guys. Like I'm not going to sit here and say uh, in the future, oh, Anthony Campanelli, he was, uh, you know, Sam Madison, all these guys, Ronaldo Hill aren't coming back with the Dolphins. Now that's a negative on their the rest of their their career. No, it's just now Anthony Weaver's bringing in his own guys. Who had, he uh, spoke um, uh, vibrantly about uh, all his new hires, whether it's Joe Barry, Ryan Crow, all these all these coaches. Uh, um, Brian uh, Duker, uh, the, the new uh, the new secondary coach. So I mean, now it's a, just a new system, a new coach, and then he's going to bring in his guys. So yeah, it's, you don't you don't fault a guy. And those those coaches, like Mike McDaniel is one of them. I mean, he just spent one year in Cleveland, and then he ends up on the same staff as as Weaver here. Same as with the uh, the new secondary coach Duker. Duker was an intern on that staff. So then right. you build all these different connections whereas okay, Flores was just Patriot way the whole time. Philbin came in from the Packers. Um so uh, maybe didn't get a lot of different uh, views of things. And Weaver can use that to his advantage right. in that uh, being more flexible, going back to this original point, we just came full circle with it, where now he has seen different systems and can utilize them to whatever needs to be done with the personnel, with as uh, in- injuries occur and different guys are in and out of the lineup, uh, how to best maneuver. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. All right, what else stood out to you in this uh, interview with Weaver? Yeah, I mean, uh, the way he presented himself, uh, for sure, uh, you just see uh, why how important uh, player development is and how he would communicate the same way, probably, to a player that he was speaking to. So, um, yeah, I, I think he's a better fit for uh, just uh, interacting with players uh, of today because uh, he was a player just really, I mean, not that long ago, early 2000s, a, a career that spanned 02 to 08, and then goes into coaching right after. So sort of that uh, young 40 and then his lower 40s age range, uh, I, I just feel like, yeah, he'd be a nice fit with uh, the players of today. He, he feels like it's not that big of a difference when he played to uh, to what he sees now, uh, where, uh, what was his quote? It was like, uh, uh, oh, yeah. you, you coach him hard and love him up, and right. and, the, and the players will respond. Right. So uh, I, I really like like that approach those two things are very key i i i believe that that kind of approach is huge in football it is huge in football there's no doubt i think that's why andy reed gets great reception from his players because he's kind of like that too you know like yeah he's a hard ass and he wants things done right but at the same time he's the guy that's gonna keep things a little loose and and communicate with you and talk and be a human being you know what i mean and and he's had a lot of you know stuff go on in his life too personally so he's he's a guy that's developed some patience and understands that he's not that ogre you know neanderthal stereotypical football coach which that just doesn't fly in today's world uh the other thing by the way okay go ahead one one more thing another thing that stood out um and now we're going to overanalyze him just reeling off player names but uh, he started talking about how uh, this Dolphins defense, he's talking about the players that he, that, uh, he has to work with. And he goes, well, just at every level they have players. He starts naming players. And then he starts with, so he's going to the D-line. He starts with Zach Sealer. Hasn't said Christian Wilkins yet. Says the edge rushers, Jalen Phillips, Bradley Chubb. Then kind of catches himself. And, 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 and I'm assuming a little bit in how he went back to, then he says Christian Wilkins. Okay, so it's interesting. He named I tell Zach you, man. Sealer. I tell you, man. Mind. Come on. He's going Jim Phillips, Bradley Chubb. Then he says Christian Wilkins. Uh, then then he goes to inside linebackers, David Long, you know, the off-ball linebacker. He didn't say Jerome Baker, though. 
Um, Javon Holland, so he gets to the safety, and then he says uh, Jalen Ramsey as he gets to the corner. Didn't say Xavier Howard. So maybe in that he's hinting. Now then later he he um, uh, cleaned it up and said, hey, and I know there's guys I'm forgetting. I apologize to all of them. I mean, he's just reeling off player names that come to his head uh, on the spot. But uh, maybe it's Christian Wilkins is what, Christian Wilkins is one of the most known players in the Miami Dolphins. Right. But yeah, but and then so he still did catch him and, and say his name and um and mention that you know he loves coaching good players and that he wants that good player back. So um and but he ended it with a uh, we'll see. So he um, gone sort of like, he gone. <laughs> I mean it, it, he's been gone. I've been telling people he's been gone for a while, bro. Unfortunately, you're going to have to make some tough decisions, and I, I think those are some of them. Uh, you've got to do some things to open up space for Patrick Queen. That's the part you're not understanding, but that's all right. Don't worry about it. Anyway, so, uh, yeah. You, you, you're here first if Patrick Queen ends up on the Dolphins. Yeah, I, you know, it's, uh, it's just one of those things. Patrick Queen and David Long in the middle. That's, uh, you know, they kind of, David Long and Patrick Queen kind of play the same kind of mentality. Except Patrick Queen's a better player, but, you know, but still, it's David yeah. Long's, David Long did a nice job last year. I think that's going to be good. Yeah. And by the way, it, it doesn't hurt that uh, we, a lot of people live here. He's been a Fort Lauderdale resident uh, since 2009, yeah. huh? Yeah, yeah. That, that was a, a new nugget uh, revealed today. Uh, so uh, he, he said that home that he bought in 2009, his then girlfriend, now wife, helped him pick it out. Uh, but it's not big enough now for his, uh, in, his for his family. Now he has two kids. So he's actually going to be selling it now that he's living here. In, oh, he's going to make a fat-ass profit from 2009? Oh, yeah, yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> Good man. for him, bro. Good what was I him. doing in 2009? I should have bought property. Oh, well, I was still in college. <laughs> I was early in college. You so should have bought Bitcoin no last year at 16000 is what you should have done. That's what you should yeah. have done. Yeah. You know, I watched that price, and I, and I contemplated, and I, and I never pulled the trigger. Man, am I regretting it now? <laughs> yeah, we tried to tell you. Man, you know, we do that on this show here. We try to tell you things are happening. You know, you don't want to hear that Brian Floyd is going to get fired, but we kind of tell you, you know, these are things that just happen. And then, you know, so we warn you. We warn you about Bitcoin. We warn you. I, I gave folks injective protocol, who's at like $36 now. I gave you injective protocol in August of 2022 at $1.43. That's 2,000% rise, my brother. 2,200 to be ex exact. 2,200%. So, All right, Big O, what are you on now then? What are you, you, let, let me know what I can get into right now. <laughs> you, you, uh, if you want for real, if, uh, I'm not a financial advisor. I always tell that people first and foremost. Okay? I still think Polygon's at a good price at 88 cents. I still think Adam at 1029 is a, is a very good bargain. I think H bar at eight cents is a steal. I think uh, the feds are going to use H bar. The feds, no matter what people in the government tell you and all that stuff, they're all going to be involved. Crypto, Web3, Bitcoin, um, DeFi, that's all going to be a part of our everyday lives is what people don't understand. Um, I still think um, Polkadot at 770 is a hell of a deal. I told you about Avalanche when it was at eight and ten dollars. It's at forty-one now, my brother. I told you about Immutable X when it was forty-four cents. It's at three dollars and seventeen cents. You know, so people that listen to our my show, they're all making money. 
They're all making money. This week, uh, we have gotten them with Neutron. We've been talking about Neutron for the last couple of months. And Neutron in the last week is up 68%. You're killing it. We told you about Kryptonite. Kryptonite in the last week, my brother, up 50%. So, you know, it's just uh, up. I, I think Ethereum is still at a beautiful uh, buying zone where it's at right now because it's going to pop to 4,800 very soon. And, uh, yeah, I saw and, it's been going up. So, it's, been so. going, it's been going up. It's been going up. Ethereum right now is in the 2,800 range. It was at 2,900, uh, but it was down hanging around 24, 25 for a while. Uh, when this thing pops, it's going to pop to 4,000 quickly. So some of you will get close to doubling your money. You'll probably get about about 70% value out of that investment there. Uh, I think Ethereum in the end of this bull run ends between seven and $10,000. Ethereum, a friend of mine uh, gave it to me and uh, he, uh, and then it was rising. I bought it kind of high, but then I bought, then it dipped and I bought the dip. Uh, and then I was, and then it rose back up. Now I sold it uh, because then I was pleased with the profits I made. And I just said, all right, let me get out in right. case it dips again. But it's only uh, gone up some more since then. Right. Um, yeah, you should have been listening a year ago, a year and some ago when it was at 900 and 1,000. I was telling everybody. Oh, yeah, I bought around jump. that range. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You'll never get it like you. I told everybody you'll never get it at that range again because the, the floor it had before that was in the 16700 range. And so it was going to go above that, and it certainly did. It went to 1900 and 2000 and kind of hung there for a while. And now it went up to the 23, 2500 range. And it hung there for a while. Now it's going up closer to 3,000. And we're going to have a pump soon where it's going to go well over 4,000. You'll see. So um, I'm just saying, bro, we, we give them to you. If you take them, go ahead. Good luck to you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The, the ones that already went up, then I worry that uh, I missed it. So Well, actually, uh, I'll give you eh, – see, mm -hmm. here you go. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, Sailor, which is called Kryptonite. Uh, it is Sailor the – the acronym for it. Um, it is the D5 uh, platform for the Sage blockchain. And it was at 15 cents. It found the floor at 15 cents. It went into this dip that we just had and it went all the way down to four, okay? I never got to buy it at four cents. I ended up buying it initially, I think it was like nine or 10 cents, and then it went up to 15. So I was making a profit. When it went all the way down, what do you think I did? I loaded absolutely up, all right? Once it, once it went under that nine and hit eight, I started loading up, buying and buying all the way down to four cents. Now it's up to 8.4 cents. It was at 10 just a couple of hours ago. Do you think it's gonna get back to 10? Yeah. Do you think it's gonna get back to 15? Yeah. Do you think it's gonna get past 15? Hell yeah. So if it's gonna go back to 15 and it's at 8.4 cents, you got a chance to double your, your money there. Plus, I think it's going to go up even more than that, but I'm just saying, in the short term, it's going to go green. You know what I mean? So there's one that you can look at. I'm definitely at. playing this back later and, and, and comparing it to and going on Robinhood and, and checking what I can uh, get into. All you have to do is go on my Twitter page. If you follow my Twitter page, oh yeah, yeah. I post every time something's on a low. When Pendle was down to $1.34, $1.31, I told everybody, you got to jump on it, got to jump on it. It's over $3 now. You know what I mean? So I always tell you when I think it's going to, hey, this is a bottom. This is a time where you buy because I'm doing the same thing. 
I'm not doing something that you, uh, I'm not telling you to do something that I'm not doing. You know what I mean? So I kind of look at it the same way. I don't talk about coins that I don't invest in that much. Uh, I may know about some of them and I may like them or not, but I'm not, I don't go heavy into that because I'd rather talk about the stuff that I'm invested in because I know about it thoroughly. You know what I mean? So it's really all about doing, investments are all about doing your homework and understanding yeah. what it's all about. And the problem is most people don't understand crypto, which for me is a beautiful thing because I'm able to take advantage of it. So it's, it. yeah, it. yeah, it, it yeah. won't be as fun for me when the rest of the world uh, lives on the blockchain because the blockchain is, you know, the blockchain is the new internet. You understand that, right? You understand that? Do you know that at all, David? Uh, I'm not privy to this. Okay, so <laughs> what, what Cardano, let me, let me give you a little education. What mm -hmm. Cardano and Bitcoin and Polygon and Ethereum and all that, what they are, are cities, okay? The blockchain is a highway, the internet, that is going to connect all of these things. And okay. so Hylia Park will be on Cardano. Uh, um, what's it called? Amazon is already on Avalanche. So everybody's going to the blockchain. Why? Because it's the secured internet. It's where you can actually protect your business, protect your rights, protect your logo, protect your music, all of that kind of stuff. Everything can be protected on the blockchain. And so it's the new internet. And it's, it's, it's like credit cards. They laughed at credit cards. Go, go on YouTube and go find an old video of somebody laughing at credit. Oh, these things will never work. Oh, the internet, it's a joke. Now you make your life on the internet. What people don't realize is that the blockchain is the new internet. And all of these companies that are being built, Avalanche and Cosmos and all that, these are the things that are going to house all these businesses. So where you make your FPNL payment, it's going to be on one of these blocks that are there. And that's what, the, that's, what, that's what crypto is, what people don't understand. They just look at meme coins and all the stupid shit. They don't actually understand the real world usage that's actually being put in place for all of this stuff. But they will understand in the next two to four, five years where mass adoption takes over and everybody tokenizes everything that they do because that's the way we're going. So. Yeah, I'll admit I I was in on that Dogecoin and and then just loved how it shot up and then and then sold that got a got a little profit. Yeah, also, there, there, there's there's Doge now and there's yeah. believe it or not there's one called Cocking You. There's one called uh, Kulo. There's uh, no serious seriously yeah. serious. Uh, there's uh, there's all kinds of meme coins. I I don't get into the meme coins because it's not a real investment. That's that's yeah, a real gamble. Yeah. That's a real gamble. Whereas uh, when I look at VeChain, and they're up 40% today, uh, when I look at VeChain, I know exactly what the real world usage is and what companies are tied to them. Oh, Range Rover is with them. Oh, that's interesting. Louis Vuitton is with them. Oh, Purdue Chicken, Walmart, Amazon. Oh, really interesting. They're all using VeChain. Oh, I wonder why. And so VeChain runs a program that is for inventory control. And they created it for China in the first place because a lot of their food is getting rotten because there's so many people in China and there's so much food being moved around. Sometimes they don't know where they put the crates. And by the time they go back to the crates, all the food was rotten and done. So what they're doing now is everything's being tagged by this thing that allows them to track everything from where it was created to where it's distributed to where it is sold. And when you buy your Louis Vuitton bag, VeChain will allow you to search your bag, how it came out of the out of the factory to the distributor 
right to your retailer and into your, and into your hands. And these are the things that people don't understand because they have not taken the time to actually find out what crypto is, what the blockchain is, what DeFi is, what even Bitcoin is. And that's our problem. We have a ton of ignorance right now. And until we get over that hump, everybody will look at the internet like it's side-eyed. You're, you're too young for this, but back then, bro, people were looking at the internet like, oh yeah, that's a joke. That'll never last, this, that, whatever. And here we are. So, you know, it's just kind of the same stuff. That's yeah, all, all, I, all, I, all I ever ask people is do your homework, study. The, 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 the person I can't stand is the moron that looks at me and says, oh, it's a scam. Okay, so tell me why it's a scam. Oh, I just heard it's a scam. Okay, great. <laughs> Get out of here. You know what I mean? And so, you know, it, it's just, it's kind of sad because what I don't like is there's a lot of people out there that could be making a lot of money from this. And they could be a part of something brand new. And once it, it really takes over, that's when regret takes over. That's when, when Bitcoin hits 75 and 80, that's when the, the FOMO begins. And, oh, my God, I got to get in now. You mm. didn't want to get in at 16 or 20? Yeah, right. <laughs> you missed it now. Yeah, now you're buying high. Now you're buying it's high, you know? Low, low, so high. That, that, that's the one thing I know, that, for sure. Right. You buy oh, high, you panic, you get a dip, and you end up losing money because you oh, like yeah, then sell yeah. it. You know? I'm not that kind of investor. Yeah, yeah. I, I got in, this is my fourth year. When I got in, it was the back end of the last cycle. I didn't know what I was doing because I had just gotten in. And so then I had to kind of learn and find my feet and my, and my grounding here and understand what's going on and why, why, what, what, what is this? What is that? What, what, what usage does this have? Who is partnering with this? What companies are involved? You know, and then when you start to find out about all of this and then you, the, the people with money, the people with power are the ones that are doing this. Come on, bro. That's all you need to know. Right. <laughs> you know, so. By the way, yeah, I, I love this tangent that we went on. We could call it the Walton Rayom order in the court uh, <laughs> segment here in our Dolphins. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. What do you got going on the Sentinel so folks can check you out? Yeah, I just uh, posted uh, a lot of what we talked about with Anthony Weaver and last couple of days, uh, I finally put up a, a, a feature on Anthony Schwartz, a South Florida kid who signed on a futures contract. So uh, Speedster has been with the Browns and was on the practice squad last year. We'll get a chance to make the team also analyze whether uh, Chase Claypool or Robbie Chosen, uh, what their prospects are in a Dolphins wide receiver room that will have uh, some spots open with a lot of free agents and, and more Anthony Weaver content uh, to come. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Follow him on Twitter. David Ferronis underscore. Appreciate you, my brother. We will uh, talk uh, next weekend. Have a next week. Have a great weekend. Great weekend, sir. Thank you. Welt and Rayom, bankruptcy, homeowner property damage, condo damage, criminal defense, personal injury, commercial litigation, business owner claims. WRFLALaw.com is the website. They can help anybody here in South Florida, even in Florida. It doesn't matter. One of our listeners in Orlando called them, man. Listen, call Jeff Welt. The consultation's free. So you don't know if you have a case. You think you have a case. You might have a case. You have an idea of it. Well, ask the professional. I'm not the guy. I'm not the lawyer. I can't answer that, but Jeff can. Jeff is fantastic. And by the way, his crypto bags are growing. 954-966-4646. I told Jeff Welt he needs a weight belt for those crypto bags. That's how heavy they're getting. It's like Brooklyn Rob. Brooklyn Rob, is, is his crypto bags are so heavy, he's got two people carrying them now. 
at this point. It's amazing. No, but seriously, call Jeff Welt, Daniel Rayom, 954-966-4646. One guy's a stunt pilot. The other guy loves his rock and roll. That's why I love Jeff, because he and I talk a lot of music, too. 954-966-4646. By the way, he's a longtime suffering Dolphins and Hurricanes fan. Okay? So, Welt and Rayom. This has been another session of the Welton Rayom Miami Dolphins Report with David Veronis. At Welton Rayom, they don't get paid unless you win. They handle complex personal injury claims caused by the fault of another in both state and federal courts. They handle auto, trucking, motorcycle, slip and fall, and bicycle accidents. Call 954-966-4646. Welton Rayom can help. Jayhawk. I see Big O knows more about crypto than sports. Yeah, probably not, you know, but that's all right. Sports, crypto, music, I'm going to kick your ass. Yeah, I'm going to kick your ass round side. And Jayhawk, get ready. I'm about to kick your ass. Well, at the end of the day, Tua needs to figure out how to win big games. What happened in Kansas City the first go around? Did he not hit Tua, Tua Tyreek on a, on a bomb right in his hands? It could have been a score. Was that not a score? Did Tyreek not fumble away that game? Tua didn't lose that game. Tua did everything to win that game. There were only a couple plays in that game. Both quarterbacks threw for 190 yards. The great Pat Mahomes threw for 190 yards against the Dolphins in the first game. He didn't put up any great stats, and neither did Tua. There were only a couple plays to be made. What happened, Jayhawk? What happened in that game? Why is it Tua? That's because you don't know sports or crypto, Jayhawk. See, my brother? You don't even know how to blame somebody for the right things. Kansas City game had everything to do with Tyreek and nothing to do with Tua. Tua made the money throw you needed in that game. Tyreek dropped two passes. I'm not even going to pick on the second one. It's a little behind. Still should have caught it. But the other one was points. And then he fumbles away a touchdown. So Jayhawk... You need to learn about sports and crypto and Tua. Uh, McDaniel needs to get better at integrating Chase Claypool. In the, well, McDaniel is terrible at that. He couldn't do it with Gesicki the year before and Claypool this year. He didn't know how to get Chase Claypool involved into the offense right away. The first week I would have had his ass right away catching some short little pass or something. Give me an end around or something. I would have had him available and active and doing a little something every week piecemeal. I would have had him and, and Tua throwing fades all for like 20 minutes in practice. McDaniel is stubborn to a point that it's irresponsible. Stubborn to sticking to the pass over the run, irresponsible. Stubborn to the point that can't get a play in on time, irresponsible. Stubborn to the point that he does not have flexibility in his offense, again, a detriment to his team. He could not develop a third option. That's his problem. They were there. Well, my opinion, Jayhawk, is that you don't know football or crypto. 
That's all. It's pretty simple. You gave your, you gave your opinion. I gave mine. Okay? There you go. Not bad, right? Um, an example for some of you all out there that I always have fun uh, with it. What's one thing I don't like to do on this show? Hypotheticals? Right? So, um, hypotheticals. And guess what was a hypothetical I heard in the last week or two from some Dolph fans on the chat board, on DM, or, hey, we should go after Chris Jones. He's a free agent. Well, is he? He just said in the parade he wants to be there for three more years, and he, want, he loves it there and all that kind of stuff. Whether he ends up there or not, I don't know. But this is why I don't spend my time on stupid-ass hypotheticals. Oh, yeah, no, we should get Chris Jones and, then, and get into a whole thing about why signing Chris Jones. And then you spend your time doing nothing, and the guy ends up re-signing or signing somewhere else. So just... You know, I, I just thought it, it's kind of funny when I, when I see the Chris Jones stuff, and it reminds me of that. Uh, by the way, there's a nudist beach in Australia that wants to, they want to shut down the beach. What do you think about that, huh, Sean? Shouldn't the nudist have, like, a place where they can hang out? Huh? Shouldn't they have their own space? They should be free, right? Nudists may be prohibited from going all natural at a popular clothing optional Australian beach despite them staunchly defending naked recreation as a legitimate way of life. The NSW Parks at Wildlife Services is considering enacting the ban at the Tagara Beach, one of the few remaining nudist spots in New South Wales. It's not consistent with the values the reserve is managed under. I, I don't know. You're in Australia. It's all about down under. So let's show it. So in Australia, they don't want you to show off your down under? Come on, man. That's very un-Australian. And I'm not Australian. Now, I want to show you guys something that will inspire everyone out there. Men everywhere, but especially dads everywhere. Okay? Can you pull up that picture I sent you there, Sean? Por favor. There's a, there's a specific photo that came out from the parade, and it's of Pat Mahomes. And I got to tell you guys, this is the most inspirational NFL photo in the history of mankind because we are so used to watching athletes, right? And athletes look like athletes. See, look at Pat Mahomes, dude. He looks like you and me. Pat Mahomes has a dad bod, if I've ever seen a dad bod. This is awesome. Dad bods everywhere can say, you see, I can be the best quarterback in the NFL. I can be one of the greatest of all time. I don't have to be ripped or anything like that. Look at this guy. Look at this guy. A little fat around the body. No real, like, and how does he, like, he's got a wicked arm, and he doesn't have, like, defined, like, Brett Favre had, like, arms. Like, you, you, look, you look at Brett Favre, and you go, okay, you know, and Marino was kind of like a big dude, you know, Josh Allen, obviously big dude, you know, but you look at Pat Mahomes, not really big, not really built, but he does have a wicked ass arm. 
I, the, when the Lord just says, you've been blessed, that's Pat Mahomes. Oh, I got to work out. No, no, no. You can go ahead and have your Snickers bar. Sit out, have a little extra hot fudge uh, Sunday. Yeah, go ahead. No problem. Yep, you're going to stop by the churro stand. Yeah, dude. You're Pat Mahomes. Your dad body is awesome. The guy has a dad body, and he is the best quarterback in the world. That's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. Ocala Joe is in the house. Late hello from Ocala Joe. Hope the pain is getting better. No pain today. They gave me a uh, steroid shot in the knee today. I went to a doctor. My, my amazing wife was able to uh, get me a, uh, an appointment, and I got me a steroid shot. And uh, they took, that took out the pain. But I do have a meniscus issue. So it'll have to be addressed after I'm done through the five more weeks left. I shouldn't even say five weeks anymore, right, babe? Because it's Thursday. So it's like uh, four weeks and four days. So four weeks and four days of hell that are left. And so it's funny. I'm not... And, so the knee that you have to put on my knee scooter, I can't put because I have a meniscus problem. So I was, every time I would put my knee on the scooter, I was seeing stars, but it's the only way to get around. So now I'm sitting on the knee scooter and my wife is pushing. <laughs> oh man. Uh, anybody got, a, got an extra folded uh, electric scooter hanging around they're not using anymore? Ship it over. Yes, dad body 100%, and it's freaking awesome. It really is. Uh, what else did we see? Brandon Ayuk is going to be available. And uh, again, I'm not doing this. Okay, relax. I'm not doing the, the Chris Jones things I, I didn't do, and I'm not doing, oh, we need to sign Brandon. No, no, they have, they have their receivers. They're fine, okay? But why I mentioned it, it's because they're going to have to now pay Purdy. And they're gonna, they have a couple of other contracts that are up, too. The Niners are now getting into a cap crunch, okay? Which I told you, it's not going to happen this year to the Dolphins, no matter what the media tells you, okay? I'm not, I'm not creating that FUD for you guys, the fear, uncertainty, and doubt. I'm not doing that. I don't need sensationalism to to live on this platform. I know many others do, and they want to live off of that, and that's fine. That's not my style, okay? But the reality is they are. The San Francisco 49ers are having that problem. So Ayuk apparently could be part of a blockbuster trade. They're talking about Houston to go next to Nico. They're talking about the Jets for Aaron Rodgers. They're talking about the Bears to help out their quarterback, whether they draft a young kid or whatever happens with Fields. Or they're talking about the Washington Commanders. And again, this has nothing to do with the Dolphins at the moment. It will be a problem that the Dolphins, this is coming. Okay? The Christian Wilkins non-signing, from what I believe, is that they don't believe he's worth that money. And so they're not going to sign him to that because uh, the sacks, I don't believe, are are up to snuff. The sacks are against bad teams. And I don't think they're going to end up giving him the money because of that. You know, he averages around five and a half. He got a couple of extra, and a lot of them were, you know, like two of them against the Jets or three. Maybe two and a half or three were against the Jets or something like that. 
So it's just things like that that it, it can't, it's not going to fly, you know? So that's why I tell you that I saw the Ayuk thing. I'm like, yeah, this is something that down the line they'll have to. But just for you Dolphin fans, don't even try because they, they can't sign Ayuk. Okay, that's not what's going to happen. Uh, let me give you some birthdays today in entertainment and music and sports and everything else in the world. Uh, if it at least would pull it up. This iPad's had some mileage already. So the, uh, what's it called, the processor doesn't process as fast anymore. You know? It's one of, one of those deals. Let's see. Uh, by the way, do want to also remind you while I wait for, for that, uh, that um, Alarmo and Slomans is a proud sponsor of our program. And folks, if you're looking for some heating oil, you're in the northern states, one oil deal oil prices have gone down. Heating oil prices have gone way down, actually. There's actually a surplus of heating oil right now. One eight six six oil deal. That's one eight six six oil deal. Get a great deal right now. Call Slomans. Uh, they've got fixed prices, so you can check it out. And of course, they've been protecting Americans for over hundred years. One eight hundred alarm me. Call Slomans, and we give you a free doorbell camera. We've been doing it now for the last couple of years. A lot of our listeners have the free doorbell camera. When you use our professional installation, our low cost central station monitoring. You're going to get an LED touchscreen pad, a motion detector, three-arm doors, and the backup battery. Tell them that Big O sent you. They will take care of you, I promise you. And that is at Slowman's Home Shield. 1-800-ALARM-ME. All right, let's get to the birthdays. Megan the Stallion is 29 today. Callum Turner, TV actor, 34. Zachary Gordon, movie actor, 26. George Russell, race car driver, 26. Birdman, rapper, 55. Not the other Birdman that we know down here. Uh, Susan B. Anthony was born on this date in 1820. Lost her in 1906. Uh, Amber Riley, TV actress, is 38. Chris Farley was born on this date in 64. We lost him in 97. What a funny dude. Jane Seymour is 73 years old. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? Um, Gloria Trevi, pop singer, is 56. Matt Groening, cartoonist, is 70. Brought a lot of happiness to people. Uh, let's see... Nope, that's about it. The, those are the birthdays today. Uh, let's go with music history on the 15th. In 64 on this date, the Beatles had their first number one album with Meet the Beatles. Uh, the record would remain at the top of the charts for 11 weeks. In 67, the band Chicago formed under the name The Big Thing. They later changed their name to Chicago Transit Authority and finally Chicago. In 79, at the 21st Grammy Awards, the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack won Album of the Year, and the Bee Gees took home trophies for the Best Pop Group, Best Arrangement for Voices, for Staying Alive. That same night, Billy Joel's Just the Way You Are won the Grammy for the Record of the Year. 
In 88, Def Leppard was forced to cancel a concert in El Paso, Texas, after singer Joe Elliott referred to the city as the place with all those greasy Mexicans. Following the comment, the band received threats that the show would be disrupted, so they scrapped it. Why would he say something stupid like that? What a moron. Oh, Lordy. I'll tell you something about El Paso. That place smells. It makes Jersey uh, like an air freshener. That's all I can tell you. You pull out of El Paso, and uh, you're pulling out of El Paso and headed towards Houston, right? I believe it's I-10, if I'm correct, or something like that. No, no, it's not I-10. It's another one. Um, you see cattle for just miles. Remember that, babe? My wife is here. Uh, and so... We drove back from, we were driving back from San Francisco. Long story, whatever. But when we drove through El Paso, because we had to stop there to fix my dots into 80ZX at that moment. And um, when we're leaving that place, it is cattle for just a half hour. I've never seen more cattle in my life than in El Paso. So the stench of manure doggy just get used to it while you're driving because there's no way around it through the ac anything you want whatever you're not going to get away from it i don't know if it's still like that if anybody lives in el paso but wow dude that was uh that was brutal that was a brutal experience i gotta say uh let's see mcdaniel needs to get better at integrating chase claypool yeah we talked about that uh, let me uh, check. Remember, you can make a donation through Cash App or Venmo at Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show, Cash App or Venmo. And you can always make a Bitcoin donation, by the way. Uh, Rod Stewart has sold his catalog for just under $100 million. Uh, Irving Azoff's iconic group closed. Uh, it says, Irving and I and a couple of old timers, I believe we have a mutual respect and admiration for each other. And my life's work is, in, is safe with him. Uh, Azov's company includes the Beach Boys, Cher, David Crosby, Linda Ronstadt, Graham Nash, Stephen Stills. Additionally, Iconic has reportedly raised over a billion to invest in future catalogs. So he ends up selling. I mean, you're dying, bro. You might as well, you know. Rod Stewart's like 80 years old. How much time you got left? You got plenty of money. Might as well get your money for your music now. And get out, and then you can leave. You can leave it. Uh, plus, your kids or somebody—they're not going to know how to handle your music. Irving Azoff is a, a Hall of Famer. He's the kind of guy you want to work with when it comes to the music industry. Everybody pretty much respects that guy. Has it been perfect? No, because the music industry is kind of a, a tough place. You know what I'm saying? J Lo announced her tour. Are you going, Sean? Do. Does a guy ever jam a J Lo song in his car? Does a guy a, a, a go? A, does a guy ever even go to a J Lo concert? You know, for me personally, that girly music, I you know Taylor Swift, Beyonce, uh, uh, Gwen Stefani, uh, J Lo, you you can have it all. It's not. But anyway, uh, if you want to go to Miami's show, it's June 28 and Orlando's June 26. They are going to. She is going to Texas and California, Colorado, Pennsylvania, Boston. Will, will her husband be there in the Boston show? 
the, the Duncan boys should open up. Now, if the Duncan brothers open up, then I'm going. Yeah, I'll go and then leave after they stop their performance. That's what I'll do. You know what I mean? But I, I don't know. Do we take your man card away if you're jamming J-Lo in your car? You're, you're jamming Jenny, Jenny, I'm Jenny from the block or whatever? I, I mean, we do have to take your man card away. By the way, in a act of karma, and I absolutely love watching this piece of scum get every negative that's possible, Kanye West and his Ty Dolla Signs album, Vultures One, has been taken down from Apple Music, and the album's initial distributor said it was seeking to remove it from streaming services. And uh, a source familiar with the matter tells Rolling Stone that the album is now being distributed through Label Engine, a, distribu a distribution, a distri distribution company owned by Create Music Label. Uh, says, last year, Fuga was presented with the opportunity to release Vultures One, exercising our judgment in ordinance of course of business, we declined to do so. Of course. Who wants to team up with an anti-Semite? No one. Uh, and uh, Fuga's parent company said in a statement on Friday, February 9th, a long-standing Fuga client delivered the album Vultures One through the platform's automated process, violating our service agreement. Therefore, Fuga is actively working with its DSP partners and the clients to remove Vultures One from our system. A rep for West did not immediately uh, reply. Like, what are you going to care? All you're going to get is crazy comments from a crazy person. But uh, there, there can't be enough bad karma for Kanye West, in my, in my eyes. Okay? If you want to be a piece of crap and just spread hate, um, get lost. We don't need you in this society. We thank Matt Verderam, Steve Calibro, David Ferronis, of course. We thank the Brunetti family, as always, making it beautiful for us here. And we love them. As always, John Brunetti Jr., stud, thank you, sir, as always, and always kind. We appreciate it. Uh, we thank all the great people out here in the second floor poker room, making it nice and easy for us. Sean Stanley, the man that masters his entire platform every single day for the last couple of years. We appreciate all of you out there that tuned in. Anybody that's sending a super chat, Cash App or Venmo, Cash Big O Show, we appreciate it. Visit our amazing sponsors. We will see you tomorrow morning. Where are we at tomorrow? Studio? Oh, we're in studio tomorrow morning. All right. Studio, baby. We'll see you tomorrow, 10 a.m. You be good out there. Same time, same place, same bat channel.